The following podcast is closed caption for the Disney impaired. It is intended for mature audiences and parental discretion is advised. Mouse Rants will make this available at all times because it's on the internet. And if you don't like that, then you can go fuck yourself. Jerry Skids. This is the Mouse Rants program, and you might be asking yourself a couple questions right now. Numero uno, how is this 201? Where's 200? What the fuck is going on? There is no episode 200 yet. There will be. I don't know when. I had an idea. I was going to do it. Shit got sidetracked. Then I didn't know if anybody would want to do it again. Because I was like, shit, shit got sidetracked, and now we all forgot about this, and what have you. Then I was questioning my abilities in doing what I wanted to do, and thought maybe it won't be interesting. So I changed everything, and I was going to tell everybody who was going to be on the show what the new idea was, until I realized I am going on a short vacation soon. Was it? I went to New Orleans. It was great. Could have been longer. It would have been much better if it was longer. Uh, And then I got back. And then I only had a couple of weeks after that before I had this other extremely short vacation. Uh, And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And so I'm going to end up recording 200 sometime in the near future. Hopefully, if everybody still wants to do it. Um, But I figured, you know what? Fuck it. This is my fucking show. I do really fucking weird things here. Like, technically, this is episode 205, because I've, I've had a whole episode about Sleep No More, which is going to come into play today. Um, sort of, not a lot, but a little bit. Or a lot, I don't know. Um, I did an episode randomly about, well, just random things. There was one called Jerry Skid's Rambles. It wasn't a numbered episode. There's a bunch of them that aren't numbered. There's a, a few point fives because I wanted to uh, talk about something. I realized I wanted to talk about it, like, now, and I already had something planned for the next episode. It was a special number, so I had to make a point five. Yeah, there's a bunch of those. So we're really at like 205, maybe even 206 or 207 now. I don't know. So technically 200's already happened. So then I said to myself, you know what? Who gives a fuck? They're just numbers. It don't mean shit. The only thing that really is like going to be exciting is when I have the, uh, the 10-year anniversary, which, by the way, <laughs> is next year. So... Yeah, holy shit, right? Ten years of Mouserans. Minus two in the middle and then whatever. Yet I'm only at 201 now. So, again, fuck the rules, right? What the hell's happening here? We're at 201, and that's the way it is. So, the reason I did this is because I just got back yesterday from the Galactic Star Cruiser. Yeah. I have not talked about this at all on the show. I've never... 
uh, talked about my opinions about the, the idea behind this. We all know that I mentioned on this show a long time ago when they first mentioned Batu as in an existing land before I was friends with a lot of you, I believe. And before a lot of, I don't know, before it like blew up. Or, no, maybe it wasn't before it blew up. Maybe it was in the middle of all that. But we were talking about Batu and what the hell was going to happen and what, oh, we didn't even know it was going to be Batu at that time. We just heard it was Star Wars land. Remember, it was just Star Wars land. Well, originally there was supposed to be a lot more immersion. And I had all these great ideas for what it could be. And also, then I started hearing that those things actually might come true. And it was all this immersion where, where characters w- would know what your factions are by some sort of thing they have in their costume. I don't know. Or like a data pad or they're holding or some shit like that. I don't fucking know. I had said that I wanted it to be, you know... Um, the Jedi and Sith, or, or just, you know, the good guys and the bad guys. Of course, it's all from, you know, a particular point of view and all that great stuff. So you could work for the First Order or the Resistance in that particular case because we know that Batu takes place, um, you know, in that era. And, you know, we had the new cat, we had Vi, and we have um, randomly Chewie shows up, and now the Mandalorian shows up, even though that doesn't really make any sense. So maybe it takes place before that. I don't know, but it it should be taking place at the same time based on the fact that the Star Cruiser takes place between 7 and 8. So it should take place between the same time or else it doesn't make any sense when you go to Batu. So I don't know. I don't even remember. Why the Mandalorian is there with Grogu, I don't know. I don't fucking know. I I didn't see him, by the way. So that's... I didn't see any characters over there, but whatever. We'll get to it. We'll get to all of that. Anyway, I, I, I had these ideas. I heard that they actually were doing these ideas. I, I was very excited. I'm not telling you. I told them that. I'm sure that, it, that other people could believe the same things. But it was all stuff that I've always wanted since I was like a kid. It's like living in a Star War would be amazing. Chapek cut everything. <laughs> and we talked about that on the show. We talked about that when we did our whole Bobby Chapek story. I think it was the destruction of something, MGM. I don't remember what it was called. It was... Something about Bobby Chapek. It was his whole story, how he fucking ruined everything. So anyway, none of that ever came to be. The dinner theater, the this, the that, nothing ever came to be. But all those ideas that they had, that I had, that other people had, that people wanted, all the the people wanted, were all taken and put into this lovely thing that people considered, quote-unquote, the Star Wars Hotel, which, unfortunately, now is probably going to actually be the Star Wars Hotel um, because it is closing, which sucks, honestly. But, um, oh, boy, God, am I annoyed. But, okay, but we'll talk, all right? So they put it into this thing that people at times consider the Star Wars Hotel. It is not a Star Wars Hotel. There is a hotel involved in it, sort of, but that's not what it is. Although, I guess if you wanted to put a caption on it, it's like you're staying in a Star Wars hotel and then shit happens. You know what I mean? Like, in world, it's like the Star Wars hotel. It's not even a hotel. It's a Star Cruiser. It's, 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 it's You're cruising. It's a cruise. It's not really a hotel. I wouldn't consider the Disney Wish which, a, 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 a hotel. It's not. It's a cruise. So that's what it is. But I get that there is a hotel involved in it. 
uh, this should just be the fucking Star Wars immersive experience. So here's where Sleep No More comes into play. This was like a slightly watered down Sleep No More. Um, watered down in certain aspects, of course, but then also enhanced in others, like being able to sleep there for two nights. Like that is a whole... It's like taking Sleep No More and then making it not as immersive, but then saying, okay, well, even because it's not as immersive, we'll give you a couple days here, and then we'll just, like, you could sleep here, and then we'll, we'll theme the rooms, too. So that's kind of the aspect. But it is very much like, like Sleep No More in certain aspects. But all of those things they talked about for Galaxy's Edge are here. So, you, you, you know, you got the dinner show. That's there. You got the characters kind of knowing what factions you're in like, and, and, and talking to you in a certain way. That's here. But it's like even more than that. It's more than, the, than what I even expected. Going in, and by the way, eventually I'll get to spoilers. I'll tell you when it happens. Right now, this is shit that everybody... And, and you know what? Honestly, I don't think that you're going to care because if, if you haven't gone yet and you haven't booked yet, you're not going, so you might as well hear what I have to say. Now, if you are booked on something already coming up, then sure. Uh, when I say spoilers, you can turn it off and come back later, or you can just skip ahead or whatever it is. But for now, we're just talking about kind of like my history with this idea in a way. Because anybody could just tell you the history. But this is the way that I experienced this history. We never talked about it, uh, mostly because this all came together while, um, you know, Mouse Rants wasn't doing that uh, when the concept came out i think we might have said something i don't even remember anymore so when the news came out and i was so fucking excited it's kind of like a mix between what i thought batu would be and what jillian had decided the hotel would be it was and we kind of if you listen to that episode in the when we armchair imagineered which i fucking you know, don't usually do those, but whatever. It was a, we, we made a game out of it. It was fun. Anyway, um, but, it was, it, you know, we kind of, like, put our ideas together from the original Batu to this, this hotel that she came up with, and that's what this is. It's literally, like, our ideas, but, again, enhanced to a completely different level. It is at another level. Now, I am, I'm assuming you can tell by my excitement here, but... It was fucking awesome. <laughs> like, it was great. Was like, We'll talk about, quote-unquote, was it worth it. It won't matter, because, again, you can't go. So it doesn't matter if it's worth it or not. Um, but holy fuck. Okay, so I you get the news. It's like six grand, right? It's five grand plus all whatever. It's like six grand, almost. It's not cheap. And it's not something I could ever afford without saving up a lot or, like, selling a kidney. And after all this time, I was able to book tickets. And I didn't think it was anything I'd be able to do, like, ever. Because I don't have that kind of a, a bank account. <laughs> but whatever. Man, then they announced it was going to close. So I had been booked on this. I was so excited to share it with you guys. I was going to tell you if it was worth it or not. And you were going to be like, oh, he liked it, I'm going to go. Or, oh, he doesn't like it, I'm not going to go. Like, as if you guys would base your opinion off of things just because I said so. But I would think, listen, you listen to the show, you know I tell you the truth, you know I don't fuck around. You know there's no games. In fact, I will always lean on the negative. And I will. I, there is a lot of negative to talk about here. So don't think that, that 
it's safe. I'm just going to gush, gush, gush. That's not the way this works. <laughs> this is, I'm going to tell you what happened and everything and, and all the little details and, and, and minutia. And it's going to be a long episode probably. And if it's not, and I have to leave for whatever reason because I'm tired, because this is late. I started recording at 9. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> it's going to... It's going to be a, a whole situation. It's going to be a haircut. It's a, that's an Adam Sandler reference from when he used to be funny. Um, and there's some people out there who think that he never was funny. They're wrong. So anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah. What was I talking about? It's going to be a haircut was the only thing I can remember now. All right. Okay. Yes, I do remember. So they announced it was going to close. And that sucked. And I was just like, oh, well, I mean, at least I get to go. And see this thing. And, and mind you, at this point, up until the day I came back, I had not looked up one thing at all. I didn't know anything about it from up until the day I arrived back in New York. I didn't hear thing one about the Galactic Star Cruiser. I didn't watch a video. I didn't read anything. I didn't want to know anything about the characters. I didn't want to know anything about anything. I, I, I can't even think if I had heard... No, I didn't. I, I, I'm sitting here, and there's not one itsy-bitsy thing that I knew about at all. Um, I, you know what? I did not I did see pictures of some of the food, and the reason for that was because I wanted to know if I was going to be able to eat anything. See, I don't eat fish, and if there was any meal there that was, like, only fish, I was, like, I'm worried to even go because I don't want to be fucking hungry, right? And, like, because they, they, they're not serving me something that I can eat. I don't eat any kind of fish, any kind of shellfish, any... Just no seafood. I, just, I don't do seafood. I wish, I wish I could, but every time I try it, it's fucking disgusting. I, I don't know why. I, I, believe me, I wish it's healthier to eat fish. I can't. I try. I try every time, and it's never good. The best I've ever been able to do was, like, tuna. That's it. <laughs> and, I, and, and now I'm not talking about tuna fish. I'm talking about, like, sushi. Like, I was able to do a little bit of tuna, and, and it was, like, fine. But then I, after, like, the third bite, I was like, okay, no, I can't anymore. Because it's, I don't know if it's a textural. I don't know what it is. But everything about it makes me feel, like, immediately feel nauseous. So, um, no fish. Sorry for all you fish lovers out there. I have nothing against it. I wish I could like it. Then there's the places that just smell fishy. Like, you walk in, it just smells like the ocean. Like, I, I, I just want to vomit. Like, I can't even eat a steak there because it just smells so terrible. Anyway, uh, so that is the only thing. I did see the food because before I went, I just wanted to make sure I could eat. Because otherwise, what's the point? Anyway, so that's all that. I, I, and I don't think that we need any more backstory. So let's talk about the entire excursion from beginning to end, starting with beforehand. Okay, so we're still not in spoiler territory. This is just me and what I was doing. I know I wanted to go in character. This is definitely like an immersive experience, almost like a role-playing game in a way. I, obviously, not there's no hit points or anything like that. But it's like it's like you're you are a character and you're playing a role. So what is that? Your role playing? Bleh. So <laughs> I was like, okay, so I need a character. Now I took me forever to figure out what and who I wanted to be. Uh, so at first I wanted to do this, this is what I always do. Like for instance, in the old Republic. Well, Knights of the Old Republic, I always went bad. Always. 
I always went, or, or I, I, you know, like in the old Republic, what I do is I either pick a good character, but I, but I make all the bad decisions, or I pick like a bad character, and then I make all these like good decisions, and everyone gets mad at me, and it's great uh, because it's it, see it's more fun to play it that way because everyone's like, what are you doing? So if I'm like a Sith, but I'm doing all good things for people, I'm always like nice to everyone. They get mad at you and stuff like that. It's always much more fun to play it that way. When I played Fallout. Uh, the original Fallout, I would just fuck everybody over. I would pretend to be bad, and then I would go, like, get them in trouble, and then I would go get them in trouble. So everyone would kill each other, and then I would come out the victor and just take and steal everything from their place. Like, that was, I don't know, Fallout 1 was just fucking great. I never played 2. 3 is really good, too, but it's always good when you could just do play sides and stuff because it just seems like such a fun thing to do. Um... Because you wouldn't do it in real life. Well, I wouldn't do it in real life. That's not me. So to be able to just, like, watch all the pandemonium on, in a game and know that you cause... It's just a lot of fun. Uh, so this is what I was planning on doing was... First, I was going to do... I was like, okay, well, I know that it takes place between 7 and 8. Um, and I, I did... <clears throat> I know I talked about... I didn't read anything about... And I didn't read anything about the Star Cruiser, but I, I did read... Uh, the Prince and the Scoundrel. And by read, I meant I listened to the audiobook, um, which was okay. It wasn't the greatest book ever, honestly. Um, they were only on the ship for, I don't know, maybe a quarter of the book. The rest of it was spent on some other planet that wasn't Batu, um, some ice planet that wasn't Hoth. <laughs> and the rest of it was, was like right at the end of Jedi. So there was like, they were on like, the moon of Endor and I was just like, oh God, it was really annoying. And the Ewoks were just yub nubbing all over the place. Um, so it was, I mean, it was an okay book. There was some really cool moments. I actually would like to hear that now that I know what the ship is like, I want to go listen again and be like, oh yeah, I was there. Oh, I remember that. But again, that's not anything about what's going to happen. I had no clue. And that took place, obviously, way before this did. Okay. So I was going to be this, like, First Order character or maybe some uh, First Order sympathizer character, rather. But I, then I started thinking, well, what would I want to do as a costume? So I was like, eh, I could dress up and this, like, whatever. But then it seems, like, fake. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm a... Uh, uh, first order soldier, and then you're wearing fucking heavy ass soldier. I, I don't want to do that. And, and and you know what? I don't. Uh, it's fun in the video game, but like in real life, it wasn't super fun. Not thinking about it, you know. I'm like, yeah, I want to go be the bad guys and beat all the people who are fighting for peace. Why would I want to do that? So you know what I mean? Like I don't know. It just didn't seem fun. Um, so what I was, I was like, well, what do I know? What do I know? I know music, I know movies, and I know the punk subculture. And I said to myself, you know what? Why, how about we create a character that is whatever the punk subculture is in the world of Star Wars? There is no actual name for it there. I've looked, believe me. I even asked AI. <laughs> um, oh, this is something else. So that reminds me, mouserants.com is a thing now. So you can actually see the episodes um, up on mouserants.com. There's also a blog that I'm starting there. It's uh, it's only got one thing. There's only going to have one thing there until I have all the episodes up. It's a work in progress. So you're going to see there's some things that are out of whack. 
pictures that don't belong there. And what I'm doing is for every, for every like episode, I'm creating some stupid AI picture, an AI made picture, just putting it on there. And that's what it's going to be. Now you might say that's lazy. It's not. I spend more time, more time working on the AI pictures than I do anything else because it takes so long to get it to look the way you want. And then if you can't get it, you got to like make different aspects of it and then put it together. So you're really, it's really like just fun to do. And it's something that like, I figure not many people are doing with their shows. So that's what I'm doing. You know, feel, feel free to not steal my shit. People, everyone does it anyway. <clears throat> then they, they pretend they don't, but they do anyway. But that's what my, uh, my website. So mouserants.com is there and yeah, it's going to grow and I'm going to create some really fun stuff for you. You're also going to find story of Corey there. Um, and other things that are, are a lot of fun. It's going to be like an all-inclusive like area where, with all my stuff, my music and all that other stuff, it's going to be all be on this site. It's there. There's some stuff that's under construction. So just letting you know, go to mouserants.com, and now I can say that instead of GQ or TK or whatever, um, and you'll find all the episodes, and each episode should have its own little streamy thing, uh, as well as if you click on the thing, you can download it, obviously. But... Who's download? Really, who's downloading them that way? Some people are, but uh, most people download them through like Spotify or what have you. So all the links to that are on the bottom of the page and everything as well. But anyway, mouserants.com. Can I tell you again? Mouserants.com. Mouserants.com. Okay, now you all know. Back to the show. I rhymed that, so now it's time to go. Okay. What the hell is wrong with me? Dude, why do you listen to me, people? Why? Uh, am I interesting at all? Come on, this is terrible. This is not fun. This is shtick. Hmm. All right, so I know punk rock, right? And that's what I did. So I decided, hey, why don't I just dress the way I always fucking do? And that'll be my costume. But I wasn't going to be, that's lazy, like doing it specifically like that. But I mean my own style. So what I did was I um, painstakingly patched up a, an old vest that I used to wear. And instead of patching it with my, my punk patch, my normal like band patches and stuff, I patched it up with a lot of Star Wars related patches um, that still would be pretty punk rock. Uh, so I have like... It's like the bad religion symbol, but instead of like the cross, it's the imperial symbol with a with a slice through it, so it looks like the battle. You know, there's that I got fucking um, a bunch of bands. So there are these anti-imperial bands that exist in the legends. I don't give a fuck if it's legends or can't. To me, everything's can. I don't give a fuck. And, and and if it doesn't work out, that's fine. But I read these books and I love them, and I don't give a fuck what Disney says. I still. They're still a thing to me. And believe me, I used it in my story while I was over there, too. So there's these bands. Uh, Redline, Redshift Limit. I know they both start with red, right? One of them supposedly got the name from the other. Um, but these are anti-imperial bands. From One of them's from Alderaan. The other one, maybe two of them are from Alderaan. Then there was this band called Deeply Religious, which is a fucking hysterical name for a band, being that it is supposed to be anti-imperial. And um, I got them all in Arabesh on my... Vest, and then I have here. I got Max Rebo. Come on, you can't not have Max Rebo. Um, I put in a couple uh, regular patches that kind of fit, like when injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. I mean, come on, that's, that's Star Wars as fuck, and it's true to life. Uh, do not question authority against Star Wars and true to life. 
patriotic and ignorant, and it's got some idiot soldier on it. Star Wars and real life. Um, I got a thing. This is rebel scum and arabesque with the uh, with a fist coming up, you know, for rebellion. Um, then I have a, a dead empire thing. With, it, it, there's a lot of crazy stuff on here. Uh, fight, rebel, resist. Um, that's it for the back. And then on the front, I have oh, of course, it's the, it's like a little insignia that says "Join the Resistance." It's orange. It's beautiful. Um, and my name. Now I didn't use my real name. Um, I used Dexar Vox. Now, Dexar Vox is a character who is a singer. It's a punk singer from the planet of Elysia. That's why Vox, vocalist, get it? Dexar just kind of sounds like Dexter. I don't know. It sounded like a name that was fun. Uh, so Dexar Vox, uh, yeah, lead singer for a band that I never tell anybody. I, I, I didn't actually have a name for the band, and nobody ever fucking asked me because nobody really gives a fuck, and that's going to be part of Whatever. Um, but uh, they were happy enough with I played with blah, 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 blah. And they were all the people on my back, including the Max Rebo band. Uh, now I actually have added a Halcyon uh, patch because they're, they sold them on there and a Sandrilla Starline patch as well. And I put that on the front. Uh, so that's my, uh, my story of my costume because that's all it was. And then I wore um, a Moe's Eisley shirt and a, uh, what was the other one? Uh, oh, and it was another, just another Max Rebo band shirt. And that was it. And then, oh, and my, and my Alec Guinness shirt that's the Guinness logo, but it's like Alec Guinness's face, and that, that was cool. Um, so those were my, like, three days, and it was just the same vest and a different shirt. It wasn't really anything big. Um, that was my costume, and I thought it was a good fucking costume. I spent a lot of time sewing those patches, and, um, I mean, did it pay off? I don't, I don't necessarily know. I think that people who were dressed in full regalia you know, get more attention, but like, do I, I didn't want that kind of attention, I didn't want, oh, look, look at all the work I put into this, so that, that's why I want you to look at me, because I put a lot of work into the way I look, that's not how I wanted to, like, go about it, mine was, like, super, like, hey, this is what a punk would do, I, I, I did it like a punk would do, DIY, and I lived it, and that was the whole story, so my story was, I was from Elysia, which, if you guys have read the Han Solo trilogy, that's where Bria Theron lived. She was a slave with This Is a Planet, filled with Talanda Tills, uh, who were like hut-like creatures. The planet, by the way, is in hut space. It's kind of near Narshada, not like, like right there, but it's, it's on the outer rim, on the other side. It's like Narshada is here, is like, I'm not, it's not visual, but Narshada is like here, and then like a couple clicks over, you'll see there's Elysia, so... Uh, but these these like creatures that are kind of like huts are called the Talandatil. And they would like breathe this like, I don't know, this, this hypnotizing scent or what have you, and would like trick people into becoming workers for them. They, they like like slaves. Um, and they call them pilgrims of the, the cult of the one and the all, right? So these people were eventually saved by Han Solo and Bria Theron, who lived on the planet, and they fucked shit up over there and saved all these slaves. So my story was I come from the same planet. I wrote songs against the Talanda Till, and I was always constantly on the run, but it was like, you know, I had these, like, punks who would come with me everywhere I went, and there was, like, a juxtaposition between our... Isn't, like, punks like a cult, too? Because they're all kind of following... Anyway, music is like the hypnotism and whatever. Not that I, that wasn't anything I told anybody. It was just what I thought about in my own head. My, you know, and if people want to get, got into it more, which some people did, you know, usually regular cast members who like, were like enthralled by everybody's stories, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, 
but yeah, that was like my backstory, and uh, I liked it a lot. After the slaves were released by Han Solo, I, Dexar Vox, was now the target because now they're, I'm the one they can find because I've never been, I was poor, I've never been off planet. So uh, I ended up hitching a ride on the back of a ship and just been planet hopping since then, uh, trying, you know, playing shows and running the fuck away, uh, having a bounty on my head, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for no fucking reason. Uh, the resistance came along and I am an absolute 100% resistance sympathizer, as you can tell by my vest. And this all makes sense with the character and everything. So I was like, that's what's going to happen. Anything that's resistance, I'm going for it. Anything that's, that's like whatever. And it's completely the opposite of what I always do. I never just go, I'm going to go side with the good guys. You know, it's not me. But I thought this worked because the good guys are right in this particular case. The good guys are fucking right. So anyway, and you could tell a lot of people who were following the other side even you could tell their real life personas matched similar to that. Anyway, <laughs> just saying, it's true. It is very true. Mm. So let's talk about it. I know I did this whole intro about my character and everything, but you know, people like this shit. People talk about it on, on, on other things. I've been listening today. Um, and I was like, you know, I should do a fucking show on this because people don't actually talk about everything. They don't talk about the bad things either. They just kind of just say, oh my God, this is so great or whatever. Or it's just people shitting on it who had never been there before. That's really what it is. There was this guy, this fucking ugly motherfucker with blonde spiky hair. He looks like Brian Dexter Holland, but like ridiculously ugly. Anyway, this fucking dude is just shitting all over the Galactic Star Cruiser had never been on it, didn't really know anything about it. All he knew was like he watched this one video from someone, and because of that, he made his decision. Right? So, and he, he was just amazing. And then he started talking about, you know, how all, all the sequels became woke and this and that, blah, blah, blah. You know, that type of bullshit. So, wasn't listening to that. Anyway, nobody was talking about the real shit, the real deal. So that's what I'm here to do. And let's start right away from checking in. So I stayed at the Grand Floridian for one night because I know I'll never stay at the Grand Floridian again. I'm like, hey, if I'm spending all this fucking money on the Star Cruiser, I might as well just waste some more money because that's what I want. But it didn't even fucking matter because my flight was delayed by like two fucking hours. I didn't get there until after one o'clock at night. And they like made fun of us for fucking (laughs) getting there later. Like they were like, oh, you're checking in today and checking out tomorrow like all like judgy and shit and i guess that's what you get for going to the grand floridian and i was just like yeah because i have the star cruiser tomorrow then they started oh oh that's great because i guess they worked for the star cruiser at some time and now all of a sudden they were like nice but i was like already annoyed because don't don't fucking judge me maybe i want maybe i i just wanted to stay in the grand floridian one night that's exactly what it was actually it's not even maybe that's what it was Mm. anyway it was actually really nice. And um, I had just seen the real Hotel Del Coronado. And it, it really, the, the matchup is so amazing. So that, it's really cool. Anyway, I'm right here to talk about that. So at 5 o'clock in the morning, a message goes on to my uh, answering machine. Now, how do I know it was 5 o'clock in the morning? Because it tells you. I was not up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, but I got a good night's sleep. Woke up in the morning. Well, so I woke up at 7 to get the Tron Virtual Cube. It went right back to bed, like, in two seconds after that and slept in. Uh, I had gotten it. Yay. (laughs) 
But they left a message saying, hey, we heard you're going to the Halcyon tomorrow. Uh, we're offering you some late checkout, so you don't have to check out till 12. Uh, by the way, if you're offering late checkout, make it like one. Don't, don't be like, come on. An hour later, that's not late. That's just a, like, a little late. <laughs> but they were like, yeah, you have late checkout, and we're going to get you a cab complimentary. So I was like, awesome. That's going to be great. So I didn't get to go to Tron. I went. And the line was like two hours. It was like 45 minutes outside. And then I asked them how long it was going to be inside. They said it was going to be an hour. So an hour and 45 minute wait. I, I didn't have time for that. So I just ended up leaving, which sucked because I wanted to, even though I heard it was just mediocre, I wanted to still ride it. So I don't know when I'm going to be able to next time. But by that time, it won't be in virtual queue anymore because I'm not going anytime soon. Um, so I said, fuck it. And uh, checked out, got the shit, put it in the cab that they called for us. And the cab takes us to the Halcyon. Now, it's kind of cool because you're driving... It's like you're driving through the cast member parking lot in MGM. Um, so it was nice to see an old friend because I used to work at MGM. So I was like, yay! It's the MGM parking lot! Awesome! Weirdly enough, though, you're looking at, like, the backside of Batu, And I don't understand the choice there. The back looks awful. Like, really awful. Like, awful like it's it's worse than anything else it's just like a set piece like they, they didn't think to theme the other side of it knowing that people were going to be going there for star cruiser it just seemed odd i don't know i immediately was like why aren't they theming this area at all like you're driving up this is your first instant this is the first thing you see it's not like when you used to go to mgm and like the whole idea was that you were on a set this is supposed to be a legit immersive experience so it makes zero sense why this would happen. Anyway, so the cab drives us through, and there is a long line, a long fucking line. And I'm not talking about to wait on, like, like standing. I'm talking about for the cars. They get every single little piece of luggage out, and they talk to them for a while, and then they finally bring them over to the area where you check in. So they do that with each person individually. And so we were backed up like maybe like eight cars and we had to slowly wait for each one. So we were there for like 20 minutes waiting just to get let out, which I didn't have any luggage with me because I was there for the, that's, I was just there for the two days, two and a half days. So I had no luggage. I had a, a suitcase, a small, I mean, a, a carry on and a backpack and that was it. It wasn't, it was, wasn't necessary for all this, but whatever. So they came and they, they took the, the carry-on and then they asked me, hey, you want me to take your bags, whatever. So I gave them my backpack and, and all that other stuff. Then they started, there were people walking around giving us like frozen grapes, which by the way, had no flavor, but for some reason were absolutely delicious. And I can't explain why. Like they were the most flavorless grapes, but I, I loved them and I could not stop eating them. And I don't, I don't get it, but it was so good. Anyway. This has nothing to do with, I mean, they didn't make the grapes, so that's nothing to do with them. Um, but they gave us frozen grapes, and they get and, and while we were waiting online, they gave us these like cold towels, which was great because it was it was so beautiful to have these like cold compresses to put on you because it was so fucking hot in summer. God damn, is it hot in Florida in summer? The last time I was in Florida in summer was when I worked there twenty something years ago. So. <laughs> I don't go there. I, I, I was like, oh, I cannot deal with this. This is bad. It was, it was brutally humid. Uh, but yeah, they give you a special magic band. When, when you go there, it's called an M-band. Um, and it's like a white 
uh, band that has like the Chandrilla logo on it. And yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, it's a special magic band that nobody else gets unless you go to the thing. So, I mean, I'm sure people sell it on eBay or whatever, but that's cool. They also have one inside that they sell that's black. It's the same thing. It's just a black version of it. And it says Halcyon like across it. I didn't buy it because I don't buy magic bands like for full price. Like I, I like, you know, it's their 10 bucks when you first go. It's one thing, but like I already had a special one. What am I going to get another one for? Uh, plus I was, you know, not, you know, a bad guy, or I wasn't trying to be at least, so white made sense. I kept it. It was fine. Just interesting they didn't give us, like, a choice or anything like that. But that, that's neither here nor there. So they get all your information. They ask you questions. They ask you basically who you are uh, as a character, not as, you know, whatever. So you can you immediately can step into your character or not. You can just be yourself, whatever you want to do. Um, but they ask you, you, they already know who you are at this point, so they're asking you just so you can be immersed. So that was cool. And, you know, they find out about if you have any allergies and all that good stuff that they're going to need for the, for the food, for dining. And um, they send you on your way to these, these lines. You take a picture outside. And I, I really like the big sign there, the Galactic Star Cruiser. There's one when you first drive up that's really, really cool looking. It's just a simple sign, but something about it I really enjoyed. Uh, the one in front is just kind of like, it looks like it's the theme park sign. So, But, I, you know, it's pretty cool. You get your picture there, and that's like really, there's only a couple photo pass in this whole experience, and that's one of them. Uh, and they expect you to pay for Memory Maker instead of just buying an individual picture. So just please give them your camera because to pay for Memory Maker is insanity. Give them your camera and tell them to take a picture with your camera. Do not let them do that to you because you will not have a, a big selection unless you buy a photo session from them, which is $400. Yes, you get a photo session. For, it's a 30-minute photo session, and it, they charge you $400. You can take it wherever you want. I think you get like a half an hour with them or whatever, but that includes your makeup time that they because they, they do your hair and makeup. Um, don't do it. Don't pay four hundred dollars for that. That's ridiculous. Please don't do that for a picture that you could take yourself if you want to. You can do your own hair and makeup. You can give your camera to anybody you want. I'm sure they'll take your picture. Just please ask a cast member to do it, and that's it. Don't pay for a photo session. That's insane. Okay. Got that out of the way. So you're on this line. It's like an A, B, C, D line or one, two, three, four, whatever it is. And they move one line and then they move the like other. Like, like they just, it's just a weird thing. I think it's like, it's like a supermarket where <laughs> they have you in like the four lines and they keep switching who goes next. Um, bizarre. I guess it's just so you're not blocking a whole area, but it was still bizarre. People were getting mad because of like, People were just getting there and getting right in because they happened to be placed in the correct line or whatever. But I don't know. There were some assholes immediately that I noticed. There was this guy who just had his fucking chest hair out. <laughs> just shirtless except for a robe. And he went up to, like, the cast member. He was, like, bitching at the cast member, like, immediately. And I was like, Because I started remembering... It's going to be a lot of rich people on here. Not a lot of people like myself. It's going to be mostly people who couldn't, like, afford this without selling a kidney. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck, that's right. They're all going to be assholes, aren't they? Um, luckily, there weren't that many. There was a few. There was a definite few. We're going to talk about them, of course. Um, but, dude, this guy was a douche. Anyway, don't care about them. So we move on in. And now I guess this is the point where I'll say, if you want to leave, leave, I guess. But... 
you're not getting into the Star Cruiser unless you already have tickets. So let's just keep going. You hang out with me. Let's spoil this whole fucking thing together. You get the most thorough security search, which one might say, oh, that makes sense. You're going into a hotel. Really? Because I have not even, I've never even been checked, checking into any other hotel at all. Like you check into the Grand Floridian, you're not getting, they're not patting you down and checking you and going through metal detector. You just walk in. Right, so it's weird that in this particular case they're they're patting you down. They they go through every little thing in your bag. It, you're, it's actually much better if you give them all of your bags to take to the room, except what you what you actually need uh, immediately, because they don't show up at your room immediately with the bags. Like I got to my room and we were online for a while, and that bag did not get there yet. Uh, so what was I saying? Okay, so yeah, get through security, and then all I hear is Mark Daniels' voice down the down the hall, or as Julian would call him, Lavar. Um, I just hear it, it's so exciting to hear his voice, and I'm like, are, is he here? And he's not. It's part of a video. Um, he's giving you like the safety spiel, saying, "Hey, an alarm might go off, and it would sound like this." That's an in-game or an in-world alarm. So, and, and it's funny because the actors in the video all are like, oh, this is great. An alarm's going off. Let's see what's going on. And they get up and they walk away. Um, and then they're like, and then he's like, well, then this other alarm might go off. And it's like, boop, boop. And then all the actors, instead of looking excited, they look extremely worried. And this voice comes out. It's like, this is not part of the experience. Get out. <laughs> We're a little nicer than that. But yeah, basically, that's the gist of it. Um, so it, it was interesting just to see that that was even a, a difference in there. And the fact that there's like, they have to tell you the difference between a fake alarm. And I'm like, what, what's going to happen in here? It's very exciting. Then this is where I was immediately like, uh-oh, because you go into this shuttle, which is an elevator. <laughs> like, that's it. But apparently you're supposed to be blasting off into space. Uh, you are uh, not... <laughs> Apparently, you're supposed to be blasting off in this space. Rise of the Resistance feels more realistic in terms of the takeoff. There is no take... Like, it, it doesn't feel like you're moving at all. It doesn't shake. It doesn't... Nothing happens. It, you just see... It goes... And that's about it. You see all the stuff go by, and it looks really fake. Like, the visuals are not amazing, I promise you. If you see visuals that are good, it's because, for some reason, they made this look better in camera, which I think is pretty fucking cool. But it doesn't look great. And so I immediately was, I was like, uh-oh. This is not going to be good, right? So I was, I, I was, I, the doors open, and I was like, okay, take me to my cheap experience. Um, and then they have like a line of cast members waiting for you and they each check you, you they, they send you to a particular person to check you in. And I thought that was really nice. It was very, it felt very fancy. They're like, you're going to be with Emma or, or what have you. And then they would bring you to her and then she would say, oh, you know, she'd say, give her your spiel. She'd take you to your room. Do you prefer the stairs or the turbo lift? Take the turbo lift, you know, and, and it's, it's really nicely done in terms of that. They walk you to your room all the way. They don't have. They don't really say much, honestly. I was hoping that they would like give you like a rundown of of what you can do and what have you, but they don't. They just take you to your room and then they kind of like leave you there. 
You can ask questions, and they'll be happy to answer them. They're very... I'm starting off just giving you my initial feelings, and I'm walking you through this so you can feel the same things I was feeling, but just like a spoiler alert here, um, they're amazing. These are the best cast members I've ever come across in, in my life, besides myself, who was a cast member and was amazing. Thank you very much. And I worked in a Star Wars situation, so fuck yeah. Um... Uh, but then again, I also am a theater person, so I was very into it. But you can tell everybody wants to be here. Everybody is very knowledgeable. Everybody is is having a great time and really into everything. The, nobody's breaking immersion. It really sets you apart from when you go to the parks and you see Jungle Cruise people just milling around in Tomorrowland. You know, like, people don't give a fuck anymore in the parks. But for some reason, they decided that they're going to hire, they're going to hire people the way they used to hire people. Because when I was hired, they were vetting people like fucking crazy. People were like, oh, they're like, okay, you, this person has an attitude clearly. They're not getting in. But now you go there and people are like, yeah, how can I help you? Yeah, have a magical day. It's the most, it's the least fun attitude ever. And I get it, every once in a while you have a bad day, but this is just the general consensus of cast members at Walt Disney World and Disneyland even worse. Disneyland had the worst cast members of all time. I may have mentioned it before, I don't know. I know I didn't do the Disneyland episode yet, but Jesus, they have terrible cast members. People just don't give a fuck. I got yelled at by someone for buying a hat or for wanting to buy a hat. All I asked for was if they had an Indiana Jones hat. That was it. And she screamed at me because she was like, oh, well, you should have gotten here when they had it. Because I guess this must, it must have been like a hot item that went out fast, but I didn't know. I don't look into that shit because I, I don't care about hot items. I just buy what I see and that I like. So I was in the mood. I don't know why I was in the mood for an Indiana Jones hat. I was. I was like, I'm going to wear an Indiana Jones hat for the rest of my trip. That's what I feel like doing. So when I went to go buy it, like I yelled at it by a cast. I mean, Fuck Disneyland. Seriously, fuck Disneyland. You know, I really gave it a chance, too, and they were just fucking assholes over there. Anyway, but we're not talking about that. Here, I, I saw a, a Disney that I haven't seen in such a long time, and it was the most refreshing thing ever. The cast members were all absolutely amazing. I will call the ones out that I remember that I really loved, but, like, it was absolutely amazing. So they, can't, they take you to your room... I, I actually really like the room. I know some people complain about the room. It's too small. It's not very luxurious. Blah, blah, blah. But I thought the room was beautiful. I thought it was very well themed. It, it felt like I was in like in some sort of spaceship. <laughs> you know, it felt like I had, I mean, the the problem was the, the screen or whatever it was that makes you believe that you're in space is awful. <laughs> Like, it doesn't look real at all. It's the same thing from, you know, the turbolift to get up that was, like, supposed to be a shuttle or whatever it was. It was so fake. And this is, like, this is good. It's, it's a theme throughout the whole thing. All their screens look fake. Nothing ever looks real. And I, I thought that to get to Space 220, which also doesn't look great, but to get, it felt more realistic than it did to get to the Halcyon. So that is a, a definite negative that I they, they could have worked on easily. I, I, I've seen them do better, at, like, I don't want to say animations, but, like, better visuals. And it just, they, it's like they didn't really care enough to make you really want to feel like you were in space. Because I did not feel that way. Because I looked out the window, and it looks like a really bad screen. It looked like Mission Space. Like, it was bad. 
So I was like, okay, like it's now so many, like what, it was 2004, so it's almost 20 years. It's almost 20 years since Mission Space came out, and they're using the same fucking visuals, so I was disappointed in that. Of course, after a while, you start getting used to it, and it does feel very immersive once you start getting into the whole world that you're in. Uh, so that was a problem. The, the shower was terrible. It was the worst pressure I've ever had, ever. <laughs> ever! Except one, once I had a broken shower, like the pressure was like dead. And that was the worst I've ever had. This is the second worst I've ever had. But like, it was, it basically was just, you know like when you like have to pee like right before bed, but you just peed like 10 minutes ago? And so, like, and this is for the guys. I don't know if the girls have the same thing. You just you pull your junk out and you go to do it, and then fucking like it's just dripping down, and you're like, okay, you know, I just I I, I kind of do, but like I, I just got to get rid of this a little bit. Yeah, that's what it felt like. The shower was doing. It was just dripping. Not, it was terrible. It was a worse shower. I, I what the fuck, dude? With the shower. it's a rain shower too. So you'd think it was gonna be nice. It wasn't. It wasn't nice. Um, however, the soaps, the H2O products and stuff are in really, like, nicely themed things. I mean, you could see the rooms anywhere you want online, I'm sure. So go look. You'll see what I'm talking about. But um, the bunk beds were cool. I like them. I wouldn't sleep in them because, uh, <laughs> you know, it's weird. Um, but they're cool. I, I, I laid down in, in, in the bottom one. I was not climbing up to the top because I was scared my weight was going to break the ladder. <laughs> so. I, I slay that. But like it, 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 it looks weird. It makes it look, and everybody says this, but it makes it look like it's tiny. Um, but then you like lay down in it and you just fit, you know, it, it'll, it'll, it'll fit perfectly unless you're like seven feet tall. Like if you're Wookiee size, you're not, it's not going to happen. So anyway, um, anything else about the room? They give you a, a bottle of water that you can like bring around with you, but it's glass. So you got, well, I don't know where you're going to bring that. <laughs> you know, uh, there, there's a water fountain. If you go, so when you get to the bridge, um, right before the bridge, on the right-hand side, if you're facing the bridge, there's, like, a weird water station there. It's the only water station on the entirety of the ship. So they make it seem like there's water stations everywhere. There's not. There should be one on each floor, like, you know, like at the, like an ice machine. There's no ice machine. There's no, like, water. You have to go all the way to the bridge. To get, not that it's far. If you've, if you've already walked all the way down the hallway, you're... Pretty much, you just have to go up or down a flight of stairs, and you're right there. But still, there's there's no reason they couldn't have put in a couple more. Just because, like, people want to be hydrated, and they don't want to drink, like, normal Florida water. Not that this isn't Florida water, but it would have felt better. It's filtered water and all that. Um, but, yeah, they give you glass. We asked for another one so we could have two, because, like, I get thirsty very, very easily, especially when it's hot, and it wasn't the cool. It, it wasn't terrible. Um, the room is set at 68. This is this like new thing that Disney does. Not that new, but new enough where they set it at 68 and they lock it so you can't go down to 60. Um, of course, you could hack into it easily and bring it down to 65. You can't bring it down to 60 like you used to be able to. Um, so if you like really like a really cold room, you can go fuck yourself. But you can at least bring it down to 65 and you do feel that a little bit and it, it gets a little bit better. I really wish that you could move it down further because it's so stupid that it gets capped like that. Because, like, I like a cold room. I want a cold room. And I kind of feel like they're saying, you know, fuck you if you like that. And a lot of people like it warm. So it'll, you know, it'll balance it. So that's it really about the room. I don't think there's much more. Of course there is. There's D309. D309 fucking nine. So D309 is your host. Uh, your, your, um, 
Hmm. I don't remember how they put it in the book in the, in the um the Princess and the Scoundrel book. So I don't I, I don't want to say it's it's not it's it's like your robot uh advisor. She it is there, it's like she I think it's she uh is there to tell you what is going on um and asks you specific questions about your trip. Uh it, it's kind of like the hint button in a game like if you want if you're not sure what to do, you can go back to your room and ask Deep Throat 9 Deep Throat 9 will give you some tips on on what to do. Sometimes. Sometimes she just is like, I don't have time for you right now, and then it leaves. It sucks. Uh, Deep Throat 9 should be available at all times. I feel like this is, un- it's, it's not, it's done in such a great way, but could have been done better. The, just the, the whole, I have something to do, like, really annoys me. It's like, you should be able to, because it's basically like an AI, right? You can ask it questions sometimes, and she'll give you an answer. Sometimes, sometimes she'll do all you're talking about, but like, sometimes you know, she'll just move on to her next piece of speech. Um, but she plays a game with you. Uh, she tells you a bedtime story. She'll sing you a lullaby, uh, a bunch of other things. It's it, it, it's really a lot of fun uh, to to converse with her. And when you get home, sometimes you'll see home back back to your room. Sometimes you'll see it blinking. That means that Deep Throat Night has something important to tell you. But if you don't see it blinking. You can still hit it sometimes. And there's a whole side quest she does with you where you have to negotiate with someone. And she does change a lot of her, you know, speech based on what you've been doing on the ship, which I really think is fucking cool. It doesn't, it doesn't really change much. But I can tell you that there was a slight issue in which um, when I first got there, she asked me what I was doing in the room. I said that I was running, I was hiding out, running away from bounty hunters. And she decided, oh, you're bounty hunters. And I was like, no, but you, there's no going back once you say something. I even asked the cast member, and the cast member was like, I'm sorry, there's not much I can do, but we'll make sure that they know that you're not. Because I was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm actually, like, look, I'm, I'm playing a particular character, you know, like, look, and, you know, this is when I, you could break character when you're like, no, no, yeah, please fix this. I've had to go to, um, the, customer, the guest services or whatever they call it there, um, a couple times because there was a, a few really annoying issues with the data pad, uh, which I know I haven't even touched on yet. But basically, the data pad, if you've gone to Batu, which I'm sure all of you have, uh, you know what it is. It's, it's on your phone. It's in the Play app. And it has all your stupid little missions and stuff like that. On the ship, it's the same thing, but you can do some more things with it. So you get to have conversations with the different characters. Um, fake conversations. You get you to have real conversations with them too, but these are sent to you based on the amount of times you interact with people. A lot of the time, it's just because you were next to the person, which kind of sucks because there's a, a couple times where I got... Oh, it was so it was so nice meeting you, and I'm like, I never met this person once. I didn't even see them, but they must have walked by me while I was doing something else, and it triggered it. It doesn't happen all the time, but it did happen. It kind of ruined it for me because I wanted I, it's actually someone I wanted to have that inter, whatever that uh, initial interaction was. Uh, but either way, it just moves the story along, and luckily, it was the path I wanted to take, so it worked out. I was just kind of annoyed. So, but yeah, you could converse, and then you could choose what to say to people through your, like, messages, basically, like, text messaging, um, through your comms, and that dictates what missions you get when you're on Batuu. Uh, so, and sometimes around the ship, too. But really, like, there's two ways to go about everything. The first way is to physically converse with people, which is what I was there for. That's what I wanted to be part of. 
then you can do these these text messages on the comms, which leads to missions, which leads to other missions, which leads to other missions, which eventually leads to these um, events that are scheduled for you. So most of the interactions that you get are not part of the events. They're you walking around the ship and finding people. This is, this is what I'm talking about when I say sleep no more. You have to actually find these people or or run into them and or, or find they'll maybe they'll be in a crowd somewhere and they're having a conversation and you just kind of start listening in and then they will see you and they'll start interacting with you or you can bring up something um, as long as you're not you know interrupting the flow I guess because some people were very rude and doing that but um, that's like the main way to converse and that's what I wanted to do but yeah if you're not if you're like super super introverted because I'm like weirdly introverted and extroverted at the same time like if so if you start a conversation with me or if like you're interested in listening to me i will then go off but i don't like initiating conversation and and i always feel like i'm like i'm gonna fuck something up or or someone's gonna be annoyed with me because you know i'm i'm afraid of coming off like annoying pieces of shit uh, who i've run into many times in places like comic-con and believe me there was a bunch of them here Let's get into the number one negative thing that really almost, well, not ruined it, because there's nothing could have ruined this. It was spectacular. But the thing that could have really ruined everything was this. When I went, it happened to also be cast member discount day. There was a few of them. As you know, they offered some cast members some discounts. And um, yeah. You see where this is going probably, but if you don't, let's get into it. So when cast members know other cast members, let's talk about Jelly Rolls. You go to Jelly Rolls, you give them some money, and you slip them a song, and do they pay attention to that? Maybe. If it's cast member night, they don't. Why? Because all they care about is appeasing their friends. They only focus on one or two tables, usually one. They're usually all at one big table. And they completely ignore everybody else because they're kind of pieces of shit. And I don't want to say that about anybody on the ship because they were not. They were all amazing people in terms of the cast members and the characters who are also cast members. But I'll, call, I'll, I'll differentiate by cast members, meaning you have a name tag, you know, that says you're a cast member or a Halcyon crew member. Or something like, you know, or one of the, I'll just say characters. We know what characters are. So that's how we'll differentiate. Uh, They're great people. But the problem is they still, it, it was the same situation. Cast members got all the attention. You know they're cast members because you can see they're quoting literally everything that's happening. They know things before it happens and they like mouth everything. It's really it really ruins it for people who haven't done it before because when you see other people saying, you know, you want to experience it as if it's the first time it's happened. You want to be immersed in it. But if someone else is quoting things with you, like, that completely takes you out because why would you know what they were saying, right? I mean, you could always argue, oh, well, if they're Jedi, you could, well, they, they weren't. <laughs> they, so even the ones who were, no, that doesn't work. I'm sorry, it doesn't work. It's just really fucked up. You know, to just to, to, to you, you, you ah, they're so selfish. It sucks. The cast members who were not on the ship, they were not part of the ship's experience. 
They were there as guests. Were all, not all, were many of them were elitist pieces of shit. I met some of them who were so nice and so cool. So not everybody. Like I, I made some friends over there uh, who were cast members and they were great people. They really were. But there were some who were infuriating and they took over every character interaction and the characters like let it happen. And that sucked. They got picked. The cast members who, again, were guests, but were cast members, but they were guests, are the ones who got picked to do like the big things. And that was unfair. The cast members got to like really do all the things and you get you watch them do it. I always felt like I never had a chance. There were also people who I believe were the cast members, kids who got a lot of they were like super entitled. There was at least one of them who just would not shut the fuck up the entire time. Said weirdly racist things. Like strange things. And no one, like, like it didn't really, like they got annoyed and then it became a joke. But like they were just, I mean, they were like, what, 16 or something like that? Maybe 15. And like just would, I, like I see, I know you thought that it was like a seven-year-old. No. In fact, the kids, they were loud and obnoxious sometimes. But they didn't bother me. It was the teenagers who bothered me. The teenagers who seemed to just be there, they all knew each other somehow, which makes me believe, again, that they're the kids of cast members who just happen to be friends with each other, so they see each other all the time. And that's why they all knew each other, because fucking everyone knew each other. Plus, there were some people who like were college, really young college program kids also, I believe. I'm not sure, but I think so, because of the way that they were, the things they were saying. But... Yeah, that was bad, and it really fucked me up at the beginning because every time I wanted to start something, one of them were there just taking over, and I, I never got to have the interactions I wanted to have because they were taking over, and I'm like, it was, it was just really unfair. It was really unfucking fair Luckily, it didn't happen all the time, and it didn't, it, even when it did, I got a little bit more courage to be part of it, but not enough, and I do regret that, and it sucked, because that is, like, this, I can't, you can't do it again. It's over. This is the only time it's going to happen, and I fucked it up, because I am not really good at jumping in like that, you know? I also know that, as you guys know, my anger can take the best of me, and then all of a sudden, I'm saying something that I don't mean, or I do mean, but I don't mean to say it out loud, and, uh, and now people hate me. You know what I mean? So I was refraining from all that. And then I ended up like kind of not really able to talk to enough of the characters I wanted to. So that, um, that really sucks. But in terms of negatives, there's only a couple more and it's later on. So let's get into the rest of this, which is like, oh, I, I'm sure I gave a shit to it. You're like, well, it doesn't, you're saying you loved it, but uh. It's because, you know, I, I love when I rant about something, I go off on it. But if you notice, it's only really been like three things. And the two, one, two of them were related to each other. It's about the screen. So, yeah, the, for the most part, that's it. Those like two, three things. And then there's going to be two more later on. But, yeah, so you start off in the atrium. I mean, you can start off where the fuck you want. The atrium is this like big area um, where most of the action happens. It's where there's this big... I guess it's a stage area. You can't go there. It's on the floor, the same floor that all the rooms are on, I think. Or maybe it's just right over that. 
because I guess I, it's not a very long staircase to get to the rooms, but they're pretty much right in that same area, but you can't get, it's on like the other side of the elevator, so you can't get there. And that's where a lot of the action was happening was on that like, on this one like walkway that just looks like it's, it looks like it's where the rooms are. Like it, that, that's what's so cool about it is it just kind of looks like it's part of everything, but it's really like a stage because what, a lot of the action happens up there. Now, also, a lot of action happened on the floor right in front of you. It was like going to a punk show where, like, they don't have any, like, guards or barricades, and you're they're singing in your face. That's what it felt like. These, a lot of the action happened right next to you, and that was fucking cool. I love that about it. All right, so let's talk about the characters now. So let's start with our captain, Ryola Keevan. Uh, she's a Pantoran, which sounds very similar to Pandora, and she's blue. There's a connection there. Um, they, Pantorans have been around for a bit, but not. But really, they started in the um, the prequels. I don't believe there were Pantorans before that in any of the EU. Um, uh, if, when you guys hear me talk about EU, that's expanded universe for anybody who doesn't really know a lot about Star Wars. But anyway, yeah. So I don't think that that, that there was a Pantoran before the Clone. Before well, no, the Clone Wars. It was. It was around there because uh, there. There were some in the books in that era. Anyway, Avatar came out after all that anyway. So, yeah, it's, it's, very, it's a very... It's odd. Pantoran, Blue, Pandoran. We, you know, now that we have Avatar, it, it's, it's very interesting. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Ryola Keevan is uh, neutral to everything going on, pretty much, for the most part. She just wants to have a great cruise, and she just wants to just for everything to go perfectly. She's a great captain, and she actually had a part in the book, The Princess and the Scoundrel. Um, she was not captain yet there. She was um, the person who handled her bags, I believe, like her personal assistant or whatever you call them. So that was really cool um, because that story, it's like now she's the captain. I mean, that, I was like, oh shit, that's that Raiola. That makes sense. Oh, she made it up the captain. That's awesome. You know, it's, it's pretty fucking cool. So then you have Lenka Mock. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Lenka Mock. Um, and she is the cruise director, um, who is there to like, you know, get through your itinerary, explain everything. Of course, that's the last thing that happens with her. Like, she's not really, doesn't, doesn't really ever talk about that stuff. But she wants you to have a great time. She's kind of, like, um, moving everything along while the captain's trying to steer the ship and, uh, and make, you know, and making sure everything isn't going insane, which it does. Uh, which, of course, it would, because otherwise, what the hell would be going on? And, again, spoilers are happening throughout this whole thing because I'm, I'm, I'm literally spoiling the whole story now. For, so if you don't want to hear it, then leave. But um, she ends up being a resistance sympathizer and has been. It's not like it just happens during this. That's her. She's part of the resistance, pretty much. Has some contacts outside of the Halcyon. Um, so that's her. Then we have, I guess we can talk about Sammy. Sammy was my favorite character because Sammy is a bumbling fool. <laughs> He is the uh, the engineer who works down in the engineering bay. I guess he's a mechanic, but whatever, engineer mechanic. He works down in the engineering bay and in, in this like room downstairs. And remember when I said, "Oh, you walk around and you like have, you can find them." There's not really that many places people can be. Um, that's one of the flaws of this is is that it needed a whole other floor. There's been there were tons of times when I was just walking from room to room. 
and nobody was anywhere. And I was just like, I've been everywhere already. And I don't know what to do now. I'm, I don't know where to go. I will just sit in the atrium until something happens. You know, and that shouldn't be the way it is. I should be able to like, there should be things you could look at. Because um, if you wanted to follow that whole sleep no more, there were drawers you could pull out and like books you can read. Books that you wouldn't read because it, there's, so, there's so much in them and you don't have that kind of time. But the fact that there's filled out books and stuff, like that's how it should have been. Stuff that you can, can touch. And, and I know you're, you're like, well, there's all these kids. But, well, there shouldn't be. <laughs> it should I would love that. If it was an 18-plus cruise, that would be better, uh, believe me, by, by far. But, yeah, that is a factor. And, um, unfortunately, that's probably why that's not the case. But they can make things higher up, and, you know, and, and, and there's a supervision issue that could be. They can make the, the really fun stuff higher up that the kids can't reach. And then, you know, at that point, it becomes up to the parents to decide whether... They can be part of it. Of course, they're a shitty pair. Anyway, we're not going to get into that. I just feel like there should have been more immersion in the fact that there should be more things you can like look at and see and do. So if you're not seeing characters anywhere, you can like work on it, work on something, or or look look get more into the story and maybe even get a backstory for the characters and learn that way because that's what happens with Sleep No More. But having a whole other thing like if 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 you could go to like. Uh, Lincolnbach's quarters or, or the captain's quarters. Like, like you can just kind of like get in there some, like sometimes or what have you. Like if you can hack into there because there is a hacking element where you're getting into different rooms that you're not supposed to be in. That would be cool that you can go to the rooms of these people that you're seeing, you know, and then you can learn about them. And that maybe they'll be in there. You know what I mean? And if they're in there, they'd probably kick you out because the difference between sleep no more and um, this voyage is that when you're somewhere, you're there. Then you're not being ignored. In sleep no more, you're not there. The they, people, they look through you, except every once in a while, someone notices you and pulls you aside. And it's crazy because like, whoa. But you are a ghost to them in that, which adds to the creepiness. Um, with here, you're there. If you're in their quarters, they'll be like, what are you doing here? So... That is a factor. But I think it would be interesting to have more stuff to look at. Um, but when I say that she's the cruise director, that's because there are all these little events that you can go to. And another thing I wish I didn't do is all these little events. Um, the lightsaber training. It was fun. I know that people said that it looks babyish or what have you, but it's not. Um, it was fun. I really liked the... Um, I like the trainer, quote unquote, who's uh, the Saja, which we'll get to in a second. But um, I don't know. It was it was a lot. It was it was good. But like, it's not anything that I needed. It's like a Sabak tournament because you know, in, on a cruise you would have like shuffleboard tournaments, and there's like a dating game thing, and there's like a you know, there's all these little stupid events. Some of them get interrupted. Their sole purpose is for them to be interrupted, and that is kind of cool. But some of them, were that was not the case at all. Like, some of them, it was just straightforward, this is what it is. Uh, like the lightsaber training. And I, you would think that would come back, because that's one of the things that's, like, highlighted on your, on your event calendar, which is on your data pad. Like, it's highlighted yellow, which means this is something you need to do. But it never comes back. You never have to use that lightsaber training. And, I, and it's not like I didn't get that path. I'm pretty sure no one did, because I haven't heard anyone talk about it, and I've been watching, like, videos and stuff like that now that I've come back because I'm like so interested in what other people's experiences were since I can't experience it. Um, and not one person has talked about using a lightsaber again. So it really was pointless, and it's just there because it's, you know, Star Wars. 
But not everyone's doing a Jedi path, so it makes no sense to make it um, mandatory. Um, so anyway. Uh, but you could just skip them. You don't have to go to them. They look. It makes it look like it's mandatory. You could just not go. What are they going to do, kick you out? No. You could. It's actually, it's better for you not to go to those because that's when all the great stuff is happening and you're wasting your time doing that. The only thing I would definitely suggest you do is the bridge training because that is like necessary to the story. But most of these things aren't. There's like a, a, an alcoholic drink tasting, which by the way, you aren't like told, like it's on your schedule that there's this drink tasting. There's a non-alcoholic one and an alcoholic one, right? And it's on your schedule. Apparently you're supposed to sign up for it. They don't tell you that anywhere. It doesn't say it on the thing. It just says that it's there. And, and then fucking all of a sudden it's not there anymore. They took it off my schedule. So I asked the cast member, why isn't this here anymore? They're like, oh, it's because it was filled up. How, how the fuck did it get filled up? When are, you, when are you supposed to sign up for it? What the fuck? So I didn't get to do that, which sucks. I didn't necessarily need to. But it would have been fun, you know? It would have been a, something different. Something interesting. Because that's what I was there for. I wasn't there for like, you know, going to Batu, which I ended up having to do anyway. But I wasn't there for that. I've been to Batu. Like, I, I, I don't need it. Anyway. So... You go to fucking... Oh, no. So, yeah. So, Lankamok. So, that's who that is. Uh, who else do we have? So, then we have Wraith. Um, I think his name is Wraith Cole, I believe. Um, and he is the manager of this superstar singer who, A, has an absolutely amazing voice. B, plays shitty music. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone obsesses over her. I guess, I mean, in story, it makes sense to do that. She's just like... She's the Beyonce of this world, you know? So it makes sense to, like, do that in story. But outside of story, people still are obsessed with her. And it's just shitty pop music. Like, it doesn't like it doesn't really have that much of it. Some of them has, like, a little bit of a Star Wars flair to it. But it's like when you go to Oga's Cantina and they're playing that shitty fucking, like, EDM music that has, a, like, Star Wars. That's kind of what it is, except it's pop instead. So it's really disappointing because, like, for some reason, rock is not accepted in the Star Wars world, which we'll get, you know, I'll get to this next character who kind of brings a feel to it a little bit, but not really. Um, but anyway, Wraith is like um, a smuggler, you know, you got to have a little bit of everything, right? So he's like the smuggler of the group, kind of-ish, scoundrel, I guess, if you will, not really a smuggler. And he's the one who tries to get you to steal the coaxium from Hondo Naka, who he's wheeling and dealing with. So that, like, works itself into the story, the Batu story. He needs you to get this and, and whatever. So if you're taking that smuggler path, um, that you want to hook up with Wraith, uh, who also, again, is, manages this, this act. So it's, he has this, like, separate thing. It took me up until the end of the first day, the beginning of the second day, to realize that Yes, I'm on this resistance path, and I'm not going to leave it because it makes sense with my outfit and my whole attitude, the punk rock. But then I'm like, damn, I could have done this like musician path almost um, because we have music, three musicians on the ship and a manager. And that would have worked. If I just followed them the whole time, that would have been fucking awesome. Not regret, but that would have been a cool way to to work out your uh, your experiences to just take the man. But of course, I started to talk about Sammy and I never finished. And I know I realized that just now. So Sammy is the bumbling mechanic uh, who isn't the engineer. That's where I got sidetracked because I was talking about the engineering room. Um, 
And he is all about doing what's right. And very much so, the second that things go awry, Sammy starts trying to fuck up the works and trying to get everything, you know, to basically side with the resistance. Now, he's, you know, he's not... He was no sides. He was nothing. He wasn't expecting any of this. Um, so he's like taking, he's kind of like the Luke Skywalker of this whole thing. Um, although a lot of people don't really love Sammy because he's kind of a goofball. And in fact, he's made fun of the entire time by everyone. So I kind of wanted to hang out with him because that's kind of funny to watch, right? Um, he's like a lovable guy, you know, just this goof. So I love Sam. Sammy rules. And that was that. Who else do we have? Um, in terms of main characters, so then we have the Saja. Now, the Saja is, is multiple people, um, which I didn't actually know until, like, way later. <laughs> Pretty much the end, almost. I did not realize that there were multiple Saja because I was always interacting with one person who I thought was Saja because on my comms that I would talk to, there was a guy named, named what, I thought was, what I thought his name was Saja. Until, like, towards the end, I started realizing there's other people named Saja, and they are these Jedi from the planet Jedha, Jedha, <laughs> um, who are on the ship, and they're there to teach people about mindfulness and compassion and what have you, and they're there to do the lightsaber training. I don't understand why there's, like, four of them. I don't get it. They're kind of like the Greek chorus or, or the muses, but they don't really have that much of a part in terms of that. Like, they do. They have a lot to do, and, and they're very involved, but they don't really affect... I don't know how to put it, because they, they, I don't really understand what their role is besides just being a, the Jedi, a bunch of Jedi that are on board. I don't know. I mean, they were... In ter I guess I mean, I don't know what they were hired to do. They were hired to give lightsaber training. I don't know what else. I don't understand that. Um, I guess they're just there because we needed Jedi. And that was the way that they were able to do it. I don't know why there's four of them named Saja. I don't get it. I don't understand that. Um, I do realize that there was a thing, um, an event that I could have gone to called Way of the Saja. I didn't go to it because there was something else I had to do at the time. I think I had bridge training at the time, actually, so I couldn't even go. You know, actually, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Okay, so I had bridge training at the time. I, I couldn't do it. And it was only once. So if I went to that, I would have understood that. But you have to do bridge training because it's kind of... That comes back for everyone. You get, you have, you, you get to uh, actually... All the stuff you learn in bridge training actually comes back, which is what should have happened with the lightsaber training. Anyway, so there's that. So Saja's there as the Jedi, and you can follow um, a Jedi path. Of course, if you do that, you probably get one of the coolest events later on and again when i say events i always mean ones that are scheduled not the ones where you just kind of walk like like walk on because that's the best part so now let's talk about lieutenant croy lieutenant croy is a member of the first order who came who came who comes onto the ship because he hears that there's members of the resistance somewhere on the ship and he wants them yeah i don't know it, it's like really you're gonna waste your time with this shit fucking croy so he comes on now Here's what really sucks. Because of the way I was decked out, Croy never talked to me. And again, I'm, I have a hard time kind of just yelling out at someone. Um, although this, if I was going to yell out at anybody, it would have been him because he 
was a very loud and and angry individual who was hysterical. And he was the best part. I don't know how any of the other actors do this, but the one that I had was so perfect. He was absolutely my favorite part. Like, not my favorite character, but my favorite part. Like, watching him was so fucking amazing. Like, he was hysterical. Um, I, I don't have to... I'm not going to necessarily go in order or anything like that. I was just trying to give you, like, an overview. But I can say there's one part where they, the, the children were having some droid race thing. I don't really know the story behind it or anything because I didn't go to it. I happened to be up at the atrium while they were doing it because I was doing something else at the time. And then as I was finishing up with what I was doing, I, I heard Croy yelling at somebody. So I ran upstairs. I was like, oh, this is going to be fun because I love when he's yelling at people. And it's a child. He's screaming at this child. He interrupts the, the, the droid racing. And it becomes this whole situation with just Croy screaming at this child. And the child was screaming back at him. It was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. Um, I, I don't know what they were talking about, really, because like I missed part of it. But the kid did not think that Croy should have been interrupting them. I'll tell you that much. He was not, he was not having it. And Croy was screaming at him, and he was screaming... And the kid was, like, playing mind games with him almost. Like, not necessarily on purpose. It's because he's a kid and he's, it was just funny. Um, but it seems like he's playing mind games with him. And Croy gets so frustrated. And I swear to you that this happened. He just, like, gives up and goes, he goes, Oh, I'm going to go kill myself. And fucking runs off. Like, frustrated, storms off. And... Everyone was fucking dying about it. like it was so funny. This kid just got in his head, the character said, so badly that he just screams, I'm gonna go kill myself. And something about that is just amazing. Now, of course, I don't know if he was supposed to say that or he's allowed to say that. Uh, but I, honestly, I don't care because it was the greatest part of this. It was literally my favorite part in terms of like um Entertainment. I was laughing so much at that interaction. And really, anytime he was anywhere, something funny was happening. Um, so I got got to love that. Uh, but yeah, so that's Lieutenant Croy. Uh, with Gaia, so I was talking about Gaia before. I keep going, going off topic. She literally is the entertainment for all of your first dinner. And then she very much heavily is part of the plot. But really, she's part of Wraith's plot. And that's where that comes in. Uh, but they work together to steal the coaxium. And that's like, you know, they're wheeling and dealing, and they're also helping the rebellion or the, you know, whatever, the fucking resistance, rebellion, resistance, all the same shit. Um, and it's very, it's really very interesting. Then you have my other favorite character, Sandro, who is a guitarist. I mean, he's very pop-punky, emo almost, which is goes against all my beliefs. But in terms of in the Star Wars world, he was actually very entertaining. He was, he was like this nice kid who like really, he, he brought his guitar on board. Um, he actually was, act, I, I really thought he was, uh, I'm like, how did that guy, that guy, I could have brought an instrument? <laughs> what the fuck? Because I thought it was an actual a guest at first. Because the way he was interacting with people didn't seem like he was acting. I, I, that's the other thing. The acting on this fucking thing was top notch. There, there were a few like times when it seemed like it was something was forced. Very rarely, but it did happen. Um, it is what it is. 
But yeah, he was really great. And unfortunately, he just doesn't get enough love in terms of the, the story. But unfortunately as well, he also gets too much love in terms of the girls. Because that's, he was just getting swarmed by the ladies the entire time. Because he's this like, you know, pretty boy, whatever. And like he, has, he could sing. I could sing too, you know. Just saying. I have a nice voice, but you didn't know that. Um, but I really actually wanted to interact with them a lot because I started thinking I wanted to go on this musician path and realizing that he was actually out in the atrium a lot. He didn't really go anywhere else for the most part. He was in the dining room uh, as well a few times. But like, um, I, I realized I could, I could hang out with him, and I could, but it, I, just, I couldn't get any interactions with this dude. I wanted to, but the girls were just all over him so much. And, you know, he was, I, I know that some of them were the kids of a cast member, I believe. So that was something else. Anyway, but I did hang around with him a little bit and partly helped him write a song, which is part of the thing, the experience. Um, I checked. It's always the same song. And then he just changes the lyrics every time. Um, but that's cool. And that culminates... He, the song that, like, luckily I was there for the writing of that because later on he actually performs. It's actually the very last thing that happens on the ship is he performs that song. And really, there was, like, nobody fucking there when that happened. Like, it was crazy how little people were there. During, like, they had, like, a snack thing at the end. So that sucked that he didn't get as much love. But I, I love this guy. This guy ruled, and I would have loved to, to actually experience more. But, you know, he did know me enough in, in terms that he did... Uh, you know, interact with me later on. He gave me a little shout out, like um, where he did interact with me a little bit later on and and talk to me and and it's really cool because a lot of these interactions, as long as you believe it's really happening, it's really happening. So I don't know. It, it's so cool how like they'll listen, like you'll talk to them and they'll like listen to you and everything's all improv. I mean, there's some stuff that's obviously scripted, but like there's so much improv. That's going on because they have to, to have a response at the ready for anything you're saying. And, it, you know, it's really, I guess with Croy, it's one thing because he has to be funny because otherwise he's too evil. You know what I mean? And I don't know if other people play him like straight evil. I think if you do, it's not quite as fun. Um, but the fact that he's so, he's so like out of control makes it so funny that like it he has to like really be on with improv. Whereas someone like Sandro, who's more of like the lovelorn, you know, like the, ah, oh, I want to be a superstar. He really, I mean, I think he just really just embodies the character. And because he does that, it becomes this amazing, like, interaction when you're just talking to people like they're, you're actually giving them advice. And of course, I gave advice from a musician's point of view because that's what I am. And I don't know. I thought that was really, and that's what my character was too. So it, it all worked out. Anyway, I love Sandro. Sandro rules. Um, speaking of Sandro, there is Wani, who is a Rodian, uh, who is really interestingly done. It's, it's animatronics mixed with, of course, there's a person in there as well. And she only speaks in this Rodian language. And you can't understand anything that she's saying, obviously, but you interact with her just like you would interact with Chewbacca, you know? Where it's like, you don't know what they're saying, but you know what they're saying, you know? So it, it was really, that was really fun. And that's like that trio. Now, Wani is, guy is instrumentalist or whatever, keyboardist. She had like a theremin too. I mean, she was, she was cool. I liked Wani a lot. Um, wish I could interact more. But again, that became one of those things where I'm not, I don't know what to say because she doesn't speak English back to me. 
And I started getting nervous, you know. So, because I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what she's saying. What if I'm responding wrong? And then I started thinking, what, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, Jerry? Oh, Dex are? Dex? So that was that. Um, also, in terms of interactions, I do have... Do I have anybody else? I guess not. That's the, the, the main guy. There are other people, but those are the character characters. One thing that I would say I fucked up on is saying my full name. So Sammy had a, a couple things for me to do. At one point, he wanted me to be a lookout. And at first, I thought he was trying to get rid of me, but that wasn't the case at all because he kept checking back with me and eventually came up and we had this really funny moment with the lieutenant where we had to be a distraction and it was, it was just a lot of fucking fun. We actually had a whole, distra- like a whole entire like 15-minute stretch of distraction. It, it was just really fucking funny. and just like, you couldn't, you, you can't make this shit up. Um, but like... Yeah, so he asked me my name, which when they ask you your name, that's you want that because that means that they are trying to remember your name, which is a good thing. Then they'll get, come back to you later on. Um, and I said Dexar, and he was like, "Okay," like he said my whatever. And I like I should have just said fucking Dex because if I said Dex, he would remember it. But he clearly was like having a, like he forgot my name at one point and then just gave up on it. And that was the end of it. He still remembered me, but didn't like at the end, a lot of people will call you out by name. I'll call out people who helped uh, whatever. And that not again, not that, that matters, but it really kind of feels kind of cool to be called out. So it was nice to be called to be called up Alexandra or whatever. But it, I didn't get as much, you know, I, if I would have just said Dex, it would have made things easier. Uh, not that it matters. I mean, it was just... I would have liked for the characters to, like, remember me a bit more. And once someone remembers your name, I feel like that... I don't know, that just kind of really makes you feel like you're there. You know? And, yeah, I didn't... I mean, whatever. Mistake or not, still had a great time. So I was talking about distractions before. So what happens is at one point, Chewbacca shows up. And it's so fucking because he's hiding there. And... and you might notice him and you might not because you only see like a sliver of him from the side. Um, and if you're following Sammy, if you're following Sammy at that moment, then you will get this Chewbacca interaction where we're trying to distract everybody <laughs> from knowing that this Wookiee is on the fucking ship. And, the you know, for those who know, a Wookiee is very tall. So... <laughs> Everyone's lifting their arms up in the air and pretending to stretch, and it's all happening during this like dance. Remember, there are all these like cruise events that are happening, so there's a stupid like yoga dance thing that was going on. And during that, we're kind of walking through stretching and pretending to be part of it, and everyone's just watching us. And and you know, it's quite obvious there's a Wookiee there. Although we did a pretty good job at covering it up at one point because nobody realized that, that Chewbacca was there until later. They, they weren't like, oh my God, Chewbacca! You know, like, it was so fucking funny. Um, and then, of course, that's when we were looking out for the lieutenant and we're calling, he, we see him running up the stairs so we're, we're yelling for Chewie to hide. And of course, Chewie gets distracted by um, food, I guess. And he just stops looking for the dining room and then up comes the lieutenant and catches him. And we're trying to trick him into believing that he's, it's, a, it's uh, somebody who's in cosplay and whatever. And lieutenant isn't having it until everyone just starts singing happy birthday to him and he gets distracted and fucking Wookiee runs away. So we're there and then you kind of start following 
the lieutenant, and you realize, oh, shit, I forgot what, what, what the hell was going on with Chewbacca. So I'm looking all over. We ended up in the engineering room, and they're now, you know, he's down there, and Lincoln Mock has decided that she's, because we're, we're going with this cosplay thing now, and Lincoln Mock decided that his name is Fred. Like, that, it's some guy named Fred who's in a costume. It was just very fucking funny. And we, you know, that was kind of the thing. And then the, I got to remember, there are people there who are dressed in like first order gear. And yeah, they're there like as we're trying to like have this like rebellion meeting or this uh, resistance meeting. And so one guy is like trying to vet him. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, uh, my, my grandpa was in the military. And this is his. And I'm like, Really, because I'm pretty sure the First Order wasn't around when your grandpa was old enough to serve. And he's like, well, you, you know, you know, you know. And this, is the guy, this guy in the audience is like, hey, 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 let, let, me, let me take you out for a, a beer. And he goes and he brings him to the lounge. There's this place called um, the Sublight Lounge. And uh, he takes him there and he buys him a drink. <laughs> like, I mean, this is the kind of immersion I'm talking about. Everybody's in it. And, and we're like... People are just, like, literally just giving money to a bar to distract a, a guest from finding out about Chewbacca being on the ship. We all know this isn't real. It's just, the immersion is all there, and nobody thought anything of it. I, no one's, like, laughing. I mean, you're laughing at, like, the fact that he fell for it and what have you, but, like, it's, it's this beauty of, of everyone kind of working together and knowing that this is all really happening right now. We're in it. Nobody's fucking around. Nobody's like, oh, actually, hold on. Uh, I, I, you know, and start talking about your real life. It just didn't happen. Everyone was in it. Everyone was part of it. Even the people who weren't saying anything were part of it. So there's that. One thing I didn't tell you about, there are these consoles all around the ship. And when I say all around, there needed to be more because the ship was complete. Like, here's the thing is that they, they were, when they're running the ships and they're not completely full... That's awesome in terms of for guests. But when the ship was completely full, remember, it's, been, it's sold out. It's completely sold out. So it was kind of rough watching other people do the things that you're about to do. It kind of makes everything feel shitty. And this is here's the next negative thing right here. The engineering room. You have to hack this console to get in. Now, you have a data pad training or data pad training when you first get in, but it's not mandatory, and you have to choose between that and a tour. And I wanted the tour because I, I, I wanted to know where we're going. Um, plus, you actually get this really interesting backstory of the ship, which I was really... It, it was actually extremely interesting to find out about, you know, the guy who created the ship and this and that, whatever. And, and there's, like, little, little hints also that kind of come back later on. But apparently this data pad training, it teaches you, like, not about data pads. The only reason I didn't go was because I was like, well, they called, they called me, by the way, to tell me to download the Play app. Like, it wasn't, it was, like, weird. They're like, make sure you have the app when you get there. <laughs> it's very serious. Um, so they, I already know how to use it. I've, I've been to Batuu, I know. So I don't know what, this, I'm like, what do I need training for? Well, apparently it wasn't really just, it was worded wrong. It shouldn't have been called data pad training. It should have been called like uh, console training because what happens is you have to, you have this console and you can like look at your like status or what have, whatever and what you have access to. Then if you hit like, you can look at the map and whatever. But then there's this thing that says like restricted. And when you click the restricted button, 
it wants you to put in like a password for if you're an employee or whatever. And you can get that if you keep trying, if putting in the wrong code. Now, I don't know if this is what they told you in data bad training, but I, I didn't try. I saw I didn't have the code. And I'm like, I must get it later. But I'm watching everybody else get in. So this kid comes up to me who was really awesome. I, I only saw him with a parent once the entire time. He was on his own the whole time. This kid has to be like what, 11 maybe. He comes up and he like leans up against the wall all like smooth and he's like, so, trying to, I can, he goes, uh, no, he goes, uh, so, I can hack you into that console if you want. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, hold on. And he just hits a bunch of buttons and all of a sudden he goes in. He goes, there you go, you're free to get in. I was like, how the, f- how'd you do that? And he's like, Oh, easy. All you have to do is uh, put in the wrong code four or five times, and then someone sends you a comm message, and then it gives you this password. It's the same for everybody. I can hack, I can hack you in, too. Like, like, he starts going, and I'm like, well, I would have liked to figure it out for myself, and I would have normally been annoyed because, you know, I hate when people fucking, like, tell me what to do. When I, like, even like when you go to an escape room, I hate when they fucking give me clues unless I ask for it. Like, when they just put, take it upon themselves to tell me what to do, I, like, literally, I'm like, don't care anymore at that point. I just want to do it myself. But in this particular case, there's nothing that could have possibly happened that I would have done that because that's not the way I work. I saw a, a password. I'm like, oh, I must get that later. And that, and that was it. I wouldn't have tried to put in the wrong password. I, that's not my thing. Why would you think to do that? I, but you know who would? A child would do that. They would slam on the buttons up until it worked. And, and it did. And that's why, so it's, it was so interesting how it was made really for a kid to figure that out because I couldn't have. And I'm glad that he came up and, and hacked in for me because otherwise I would have been fucking lost the whole goddamn time. So you, you get in and then, all, then people start messaging you, telling you how to, oh, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? You, you, they like send you to the engineering room. You have to like uh, cycle the trash compactors. That, that was the first thing I had to do. That was what Rafe wanted me to do. Cycle the trash compactors. So I did that. Don't really know what that did for him, but whatever. Um, And then he's like, I'll be in touch. And then he didn't get back in touch with me for a really long time. Lenka, Mock, also asked me to do something in there, um, which I did. And she's like, great, thank you very much. We'll be in touch. And then I didn't hear back from her until the next day. I never had to go back to the engineering room. Now, let me tell you this. I did, but like not in that respect. The engineering room had probably... I want to say like 10 different things to do, maybe even more, well, maybe 10, 10 different things that you could do in there um, that I'm assuming was part of it. But I was only asked to do two of them. I don't know how I would could have gotten anything else, but later on in the trip, um, you there's an event that you have to go to. And if you're part of the first order, you go to this, basically their version of this event. And if you're part of, uh, which I didn't do, I didn't do any first order stuff. And that was my fault from every time that I would get a message from Croy, I would just say no to him. I'd always, I'd always answer no to him. And I ended up getting like completely not like low trust or whatever. So he never did anything with me. And I, I, that's a regret I have. I wish I like, at least like pretended to be on his side so I can get more of the story, but whatever. But uh, if you're also on the rebellion path, you get the same thing. Or again, the resistance path, you get the same thing. Um, but the good guy's side of it. So you go to the engineering room and then you have to go in and, you know, everybody gets assigned to a specific uh, 
thing. I, I can't really explain, but a specific thing. And some of them is like you pull a lever. Sometimes it's like you have to pull a couple leather. Sometimes you have to go through a bunch of different things until it's done. The one that I got assigned to, I had no fucking clue what to do because I never got the goddamn assignment to do it. So I get put in there with two other people. The other two people in there was this mother and her child. The mother had no clue what was going on. And the child was just smashing buttons. They were very nice people, but they had no clue. And I had no fucking clue. So I was trying to smash buttons too and hopefully hope that it would work. And eventually someone came in and was like, you're doing it wrong. And he tried to explain it to me, but like not well. Like, and he was like really like annoyed with me, which kind of pissed me off. I was like, dude, I was, I don't know. Nobody told me how to do this. So fucking calm down. So I, I did what I thought he wanted me to do. And then that was wrong. And it's really funny because People believe that what happens in this room is, like, real. But it's not. It's always the same thing that happens. You do the missions, whatever, the little stupid things in the engineering room, and then she checks it, and it you've done very poorly. And so she tells you to go do it again, or he, depending on the situation, tells you to go do it again. And then you do it again, and all of a sudden, it's perfect. Even if it's not finished, it's perfect. But there are people, like, <laughs> people, like, actually believed... That because I was like I was fucking up, that that's why it said we didn't do it. But that's not true because I I I'm like no that you could tell that's part of the script. These events were the not the worst part, not at all the worst part. But they were like I would rather have not done these events in, at all and actually followed somebody or, or or done something with someone. Like sometimes you were locked out of rooms because an event was going on in them. But these scheduled events were kind of like not cool. Like except for the bridge stuff. The bridge stuff was great. But everything else was like, you know, it was, it was fine. It wasn't anything amazing. It, there was one that I didn't get to go to, but my wife went. And it was amazing. And I wish I was fucking there. But that's, that was a cool thing that happened in like the lightsaber training room. Um, because she went down a Jedi path, apparently, which I didn't even know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was weird. She got she went down like the Jedi slash captain path or whatever it was because she ended up with the captain for the most part. And I ended up with the cruise director and Sammy. So the rebellion all the way because both of them were like rebellion. Um, so the cool thing was I got to hang out with Chewbacca a lot. And anyway, everybody was fun. Believe me. Was, I mean, no, uh, Croy is the most fun. I didn't, I didn't get to hang out with him. Anyway, so that's, like, story. And I know I went a lot on entertainment, but that's really, like, I'll, entertainment is, like, the main part of this whole thing. So now I want to talk about the food. Oh, the food. <laughs> so, um, you know what? Let's save the food. Let's talk about Batu because I want to just get that out of the way now. Batu sucks. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't suck. But... As I said before, why the fuck would I want to go to Batu? I've been there a million times. It's it's not great. Rise of the Resistance is great. Smuggler's Run sucks. I've told you guys I hate Smuggler's Run. It's like a fucking PS2 game. And like I just want to fucking like ride a ride and that's it. I don't want to have to be involved. Luckily I got people this time on Smuggler because you have to ride it to, for to continue your missions. But like luckily I got like people this time who were really fun. And like they didn't care, and, and I didn't have to pilot because I know I would. Like I'm really good at video games. I am not good at pilot games. Like 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 I'm never good at them ever. 
And it doesn't help that one person's side to side and the other person's up and down. That doesn't help at all. <laughs> like, I, I am used to doing both, you know, on a controller. So only doing one is stressful as hell. Anyway, so you're scheduled to go to Batu at a specific time. It's usually between 8 and 9.30 or whatever. You could go whenever you want. It doesn't really matter, honestly. But that you're just scheduled, so not everyone's just jumping on at the same time. But I wanted to get it over with because you get a couple things. You get two free lightning lanes. Um, one, of course, for Smuggler's Run. One for Rise of the Resistance. And when you ride them, then you have completed your mission for whoever told you to do it. Right? And again, it depends on what side you're on and whatever. I didn't do the first order, so I'm assuming that they tell you to be a spy when it comes to Rise of the Resistance because, I mean, you've all written it, right? It makes no sense for you not to be a spy. Um, <laughs> like, otherwise, you're supposed to be resistance in it. Anyway, so that was fine. And the cool, there is a cool thing. When you ride um, Smuggler's Run, Hondo has a couple extra lines when somebody from... Um, the Halcyon is on the ship with it. Like, he has, like, a couple real quick, like, things about getting the Coaxium back to the Halcyon. Th nobody would know what, you, what the, they're talking about, so the other people in the group would be like, okay. But, you know, you, you're like, yeah, he mentioned the thing, so that's cool. Hondo did say he said the thing. They got Winnie the Pooh to say it. They did it. Um, so that, that, that part was cool and whatever, and did did the rides and what have you, but then you have the fucking missions. Now, these missions are the same exact fucking missions you get when you go to Batuu, when you play the game. The game is very stupid, right? Like, it's like, it seems fun at first, but then it's not anymore. <laughs> like, you do, like it, when you do them a couple times, you're like, yay, this is, like, cool. Like, I, I like, you know, the thing where you have to move the antenna around and... Like, that stuff is fun, but then there's this puzzle game that isn't fun at all. You have to, like, match, like, the area that these little shapes are in the puzzle, and even though the shape fits into multiple different places, it could be right or wrong. It's just a waste of fucking time. Then there's ones where you have to scan these, like, things and whatever, and that, it send, they send you on a wild goose chase. I, I didn't get much of the scanning, but my wife got, got it because the Jedi path makes you do a lot of dumb shit. You're scanning shit left and right. It, it, it's just, they send you here, they send you there. You go in a circle, you're coming back. It's not in the right path. You've got, it's a lot of back and forth movement. It's hot as fuck. It was really not fun. The missions aren't, I, mean, I didn't even read them until I got back to the room later. I, I like glanced so I could see what was going on, but I was, it was so fucking hot. I wasn't going to sit there in the heat reading these paragraphs that they sent me. I, I wanted to, but I would have loved to do it on the ship. What they should have, see, this is what they should have done. First of all, it should have been a three-day thing. I've said that before. But what they should have done is they should have fucking had Halcyon-only events on Batuu. And now, uh, the thing that sucks, because everyone's doing this shit, that's what I was about to say before, is that everyone's doing this stuff at the same time. So you have to wait online, you watch them do it. It's the same thing that happened with Sorcerers. The same fucking issue with Sorcerers is that you, you sit there, you watch it get done, and then when you do it yourself, it's like, I already saw this. I don't, it, it ruins the immersion. There needs to be a way, I mean, it doesn't matter, they're closing now, but they, there needed to be a way where you did not see that happening. 
That it sucked because when you go into the engineering room, it, it, you just watch it happen and then oh great. Same thing when you're in Batuu, but now you not only have everyone from the Halcyon, but everybody from the fucking back who's just a vacationer on Batuu doing the exact same shit. So you, you don't feel like you did anything. So that really fucking sucks, and I hate it. And it, it's worse on Batuu because I've done it already. But now I'm just, you have to do it because otherwise you don't get these events. You know, and you, you get, you, you could might get randomly placed or you might not get them at all because you need to finish the missions to do them. So you go on these fucking missions, you do your things and whatever, you're done and then you can go back. I also spent a little bit of time in Ogres, um, which I guess I shouldn't have done, but because we have our own lounge, but I don't know. I just wanted to feel a little bit more like I was part, like I actually was landing, because like that's what I would do. If you land in a special place, you go to the local bar. So it was fun. And I, also, I got to try the, the Rodian rations for the first time. I never had them before. They're, you know, the jello shots, but they were good. I liked them. I, I just, I'd never tried them before. So, you know, I got that and I got a fuzzy tauntaun and that was that. And, uh, and yeah, that's it. Went back. I guess I should talk about the transport. The transport's stupid. You get in this like car and they drive you car it's like a fucking u-haul and they drive you around in a circle or whatever for like a really long time and i feel like there's no reason for it to be that long like we i don't know like it's long it's like it's like five minutes and i know it's not five minutes away it's right behind i mean i could see where it is when i was leaving and when i was arriving in in my cab i could see that it's it's right there it's it's not five six minute drive it's right there so they're driving you in like a fucking circle for some reason. I don't understand that, but whatever. In a U-Haul. And they're, it's dressed up like it's like a... I don't know. It's supposed to be a shuttle, but like I, it feels like a military vehicle, the way it's set up. And there's only like maybe not... Uh, like maybe 12 seats or something like that. And, that. and then everyone else has to stand, which is fucking stupid. I don't know. I have no clue. There's only 100 rooms in this hotel, spaceship, whatever. Um, but of course, you could have like four or five people in a room and then some of them are suites. So, it's a lot, you know, it's, it's still a lot of fucking people and they're all, you're all cramming into this fucking vehicle and it only leaves every 15 minutes. So, anyway, that's stupid. But the good part, the really cool thing is that when you land on Batuu, first of all, you come through this corridor that you, it's new to you, you haven't seen before because it's, it's only for this. So it's really cool. It's this nice little car that you've never seen. And then you come out and they have fucking water for you. It, like iced, like, like it's on ice the entire time. You can keep coming back. They, they remember you and everything, of course, because it's not that many. They see you and they're like, oh, welcome back. You, would you like, well, you, are you returning home or were you just coming? They have, they have, again, the cold towels. So you can wipe your face off. You can wipe your arms down, your neck. It's really like this, like, VIP treatment. And it's, and it's such a silly thing, because, like, okay, cold water and a cold towel. Wow. But that little touch is something that the, you know, normal guests at Batu aren't getting. So it makes you feel very VIP just to have these little things. Tiny little things. But you have these little things. Plus, you get this cool pin. It's like this big fucking pin, this monster pin that you put on that says Halcyon uh, Passenger on it. And that signifies where you're from so the cast members will see that and they'll know that you're you know you're like get special treatment or what have you 
quote unquote. They, you don't, believe me. But, you know, you're supposed to. Um, and that's that. I mean, there's nothing else to say about Batu. Now, let's talk about the food. And I think that once we're done with the food, I think we got most of it. And then we'll just kind of talk about the, you know, the rest of the storyline or whatever. But, like, so your first night, first of all, you get to choose an early dinner or a late dinner. The early dinner is at 5.30. The late dinner is at 8 p.m. I chose the late dinner because that's what time I eat normally. I eat at about 8 o'clock. It's, I get home from work at 7, so so that made the most sense. Otherwise, I'd be fucking hungry. Now, uh, oh, I haven't talked about the, the lounge. So there's a place called the Sublight Lounge, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, I'm not a huge bar person. Like, you know me. I'm not. You guys already know. I'm not like all about the bar. I think that people who are all about the bar is, are kind of like losers. <laughs> because, like, that's all they care about. It's like, I don't sit around drinking all day. I'd rather be having fun, doing whatever. That's not fun to me. In this particular case, you are welcomed in such an amazing way. Everyone is so nice there. I will give a fucking shout-out right now to Crystal. Crystal from the Sublight Lounge who is from Naboo, is, a, is fucking just awesome. She made me feel incredibly welcomed, almost like it was cheers. Like, she remembered me immediately. She had, like, she remembered everything about what I said. And it made me want to stay there more and longer. And I, I wanted to, you know, go back to the room and watch some TV and stuff like that once everything was done after I was done walking around. But I couldn't because I wanted so badly to just hang out in the bar with Crystal and, and Chris. All the Chris's. There's another Crystal's. Two Crystal's, too. Uh, but this is the one with the C who I'm talking about. The other one I didn't really get to talk to because she was on the floor. But, like, the, the people at the bar were just amazing. Everybody, everybody was amazing, but really just made you feel welcomed and, and had some really nice conversations with and talked about the land of Star Wars in general, and and I don't know. Just really the most personable people I've ever met. Um, So shout out to Crystal especially. And and also shout out to Lawson, who I spoke to a few times and had some really great conversations with. Another cast member who is uh, helped me with something in my room with D309 fucking up. (laughs) <laughs> so shout out to Lawson Lawson rules Crystal rules Everybody rules But those two especially um, So yeah Sublight Lounge has free food Which you, if you didn't know that They do And I didn't know that Or I did know it But I forgot They have a flatbread there And you know I hate Florida pizza These flatbreads were so fucking good It had a little bit of this like chimichurri on it Which sounds like it might not be good But it really is it was, it was so good that when I came back the next day, I had two of them. I didn't come back until later at night because I wanted to have two of them. And I knew I did, so I was like, let me get a little bit more hungry. So that was that. That wasn't a problem because you'll find out. But anyway, I just wanted to talk about it. The food was, was good there. I didn't have anything else besides the, the flatbreads, but um, I, I looked at all the other stuff, and they, it all looked like everyone was saying it was delicious. The drinks were great there. Um, the atmosphere was great. They had Sabak games going on. I only played once very shortly. I learned how to play, but I think we got the, the rules were wrong because later on I got different rules from Rafe, and I believe Rafe more over everybody else. God. Um, yeah, I think the cast member had no clue what else she was talking about, but whatever. 
let's talk about dinner. So the first night at dinner, it was like a Gaia concert. It was a, it was supposed. It should have been a lounge act. Should have been like like a like a Richard Cheese, like a Vegas lounge act. Um, it was not. It was pop music. We talked about that. She's very di- she's very diva esque, and it turns into this like actual story. The, the story gets told now. What I was wondering is if all the interactions I was getting while they were at dinner at 5.30, they were getting the same ones afterwards, it makes no sense. Like, while I was in dinner, they, they were getting the same interactions. That makes no sense because, because at dinner, a, a big event happens in which Sammy, like, starts working for the First Order, or so it seems. Obviously... He's not, but he's like playing them, and you could tell he's playing them, like or whatever, just because I, I happen to be sitting at right near where they were discussing it beforehand, uh, while Gaia was singing. It seems like every time Gaia was singing, other shit was going on. But that big event happens, and it makes no sense because while they were at lunches, when I was having the whole interaction, where Sammy was hiding Chewy in the in the uh, maintenance room. So I don't understand how that could possibly be happening after they saw what we saw at dinner. So that confuses me a little bit because it just doesn't make sense in the timeline. So I don't know. I would, I mean, I would love to go back and try the earlier dinner and see what happens. There's other reasons, but anyway. So the food at dinner, I'll talk about that. I thought was delicious. It's weird. I heard on uh, WDWNT, uh, Tom said the dinner was terrible. And lunch and brunch were, were, well, first he said mediocre, but then he said it was good. Um, I could not disagree anymore. I thought that the dinner was delicious. First of all, he said that they had um, pot roast. They don't. It's short rib. Yes, they're both pull apart, but they're completely different things. They're not the same. They have different flavors. They're like, oh, it's the, he's like, it's a pot roast from, oh, sorry. It's the pot roast from Liberty Tree Tavern. It's not. I actually went to Liberty Tree Tavern in January and I had this, and it was delicious. It came with like a red wine reduction. It was delicious. It's fucking delicious. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. It ain't no fucking pot roast. Pot roast is like a cheap meal with potatoes and shit like that. This was like, it had mashed potatoes, but it was like this nice pull-apart, whatever. I think that was the second night anyway. Yeah, it was the second night anyway, but still. Um, but the first night, uh, we had these like uh, buns. They call them dumplings, but they're anything but dumplings. They're They're buns. Um, there's a curry bun, which I thought was kind of gross. I thought it was dry inside. It wasn't great. Then there was a teriyaki bun, which is really good. But like after you get like halfway through it, it becomes too much. It's, it's very flavorful, but then it kind of like takes away from me. Then there was this like um, tipia chicken. Uh, I forgot what the flavor was. It was, um, I forgot what the flavor was. It was delicious though. That was the best thing in terms of that. Um, they had like a little salad and they had a couple of other things going on. Um, they ha- for, for the meat, they had a, you know, I don't eat fish. So the, the biggest problem was, I, I mean, some people got the, like a, like better treatment because they were cast members. Um, but other people didn't. So what happened was I told them when I came in, I don't eat fish. So she said, no problem. There's meat with everything. There's a lot of meat. There's not a lot of meat. There's one meat dish. So... And it was great, by the way. It was a very, very tender, like, filet um, that was cooked medium rare. It was delicious. So good. It had a great sauce. It was just so fucking good. 
what they should have done was had one piece of fish and then three pieces of steak or um, short rib in the, in the other case. But they didn't do that. Instead, they gave us two and two. So what ended up happening is I only got one thing to eat instead of two. And my wife ended up being three because, like, I don't eat fish. So, I, obviously, I wasn't going to let her not taste the other food that she was supposed to get. But they should have given me two of the same thing and her one of each. But that's not the way it worked. They said it was, quote-unquote, family style. But family style means it keeps coming out. And this did not keep coming out. It was once, and that's it. So, that sucked. Um, I'll just talk about all, all the food. The second night, there was a spring roll, which was really good. Um, like really, really good. The sauces that came with it was, well, one sauce was like normal, like a duck sauce almost, like a spicier duck sauce. But the other sauce was like a molasses and it just went so well with it. It was so fucking good. I wish I had more, but that was good. But I couldn't eat the other appetizer because it was shrimp. So again, I only ended up eating one spring roll for my appetizer and that was it. Like, I, I don't understand what the fuck my waitress was doing. She didn't give a fuck at all. But she was too busy with other cast members. I mean, I liked her. She was very nice. I mean, but unfortunately, she just didn't do what I thought she would do, which is, like, you know, care about us, but whatever. Second night, by the way, the Coke, she's like, oh, I left some, co- I, I, I have Coke ready for you and this and that, whatever, and because I know you ordered a Coke last night. I only ordered a Coke because I had ordered a drink drink, and I wanted, like, a soda to go with it because I didn't want to only have a drink drink. And anyway, it was flat. I don't know how long it had been sitting out, but it was flat as fuck. Anyway, um, dessert was fine, or it was good. I was good, I guess. I don't remember, really, because the issue is the second night. So, okay, so the first night was um, Gaia's performance, and then it gets broken up by the First Order, and um, there's this big fight, and there's racism, and there's a lot of shit going on. It's a really, like, intense situation and of course there's the whole thing with Sammy I told you about um the second night and that that all went well the second night it was a taste of food around the world um and it was really presented really nicely it was done very much like the menu if you ever saw the movie the menu where they all come out at the same time and they drop the plates at the same time of course there aren't enough cast members to do that so they had to make like five trips and I didn't even get the my waitress like it was somebody else who brought me my food um but either way it was really it was a really nice thing that they did um, and it was like from Mustafar, they had something and they had something from Fallujah and they had, they had stuff from everywhere. If not everywhere, but you know, four places, whatever it was. Um, the food was good. It wasn't enough. It was a quote, it was a tasting menu and it felt like a tasting menu. Um, and of course, since I only got to eat half of everything, like a quarter of everything, I was fucking starving at the end of my, of the second night. And on top of it, I had ordered the drink, and I wish I had now. Not because it was bad. It was delicious. I ordered one of the drinks with a, a regular, like, non-alcoholic one, and I told him to put some uh, vodka in it because it was this delicious, like, blue milk frozen thing that had, like, almost like a rainbow ice-tasting uh, scoop of ice cream in the middle of it. It was so good. With vodka, it was even better. But what happened was, remember I told you about that alarm earlier? Yeah. It goes off one time during the entire trip. One time. And you know when that is? During the 8 o'clock dinner. You heard me right, people. It happened. My dessert was dropped. And the alarm went off. I didn't get to eat it. And then I had to fucking wait 
I had to wait for my card to get processed and sign it and what like and so when I got there there was no space I was they're like oh you can't stand there you can't stand there. there was nowhere for me to stand so I had to squish my way in and I couldn't see a fucking thing and it was the big finale and because of the fact that it happened while I was eating I couldn't even get a chance I was like the last one out because I had to wait for my fucking card what the fuck they know this is going to happen why not take the card information at the beginning and just charge you at the beginning Especially since they know that there was not going to be any more food brought out or anything. There's no mingling time because the alarm goes off. So my dessert, I I took my dessert with me and then threw the plate somewhere because I was like trying to watch. It was was really disgusting the way they did it. I love the idea of it, of the fact that, that, yeah, an alarm could happen right during dinner. But like, it... It sucks because, like, you're eating. And I also was I was mad because I also didn't have enough food, so I'm fucking hungry. I had a quarter of everything. I mean, there were some really good fucking dishes on there, and the presentations were really beautiful, especially for the, the tasting around the world. Just really, really beautiful presentations. So that in itself is part of it being awesome. But let's talk about lunch and breakfast. So you get two breakfasts and two lunches. Um, When you first get there, of course, there's a lunch buffet. Actually, all of the breakfast and lunch is all buffet. So uh, when you first get there, you walk in, and the first thing you see on the left-hand side is this cheese. Uh, I've seen people post it. It looks a lot better than it is. So it's basically like a grilled cheese but the bread and the cheese are all kind of pressed together where the cheese is kind of on the outside almost. And it's in the shape of like one of those bubble waffles, but it's cheese. It sounds like it could be okay. It's not. It's terrible. It's fucking disgusting. I don't know what it is about it. The cheese is, is, is it, it, maybe it's too sharp or it's too, whatever it is, it does not taste like grilled cheese at all. And the tomato sauce that goes with it, which they call, um, what do they call it? Red fruit? Uh, Yeah, red fruit soup is what they call it. It's tomato soup. It's Chef Boyardee. (laughs) Like, it's absolutely, and it's not even good Chef Boyardee. I know a lot of you out there is like, oh, there's no such thing as good Chef Boyardee. Yes, there is. Yes, there fucking is. There is such thing as good Chef Boyardee. I've had it. It's delicious. Fuck you. I like Chef Boyardee. In this particular case, though, it's like real bad. It's not good at all. Uh, There were a couple of salads. I don't eat salad. And not that I don't eat vegetables. I just don't like dressing. And whenever you get a salad, there's no dressing on the side. The dressing's always on top in a buffet like this. So... Um, I didn't have it because I don't eat fucking salads. I don't like mayo, and I don't like vinegar either. Like, not in its regular form. Vinegar, like, mixed in when it comes to, like, like when you make a sauce or a marinade, you throw a little bit of, like, rice wine vinegar in there or a little bit of apple cider vinegar, you're made. You're golden. But in terms of, like, vinegar, vinegar, just sitting on top of something... It's fucking disgusting. I don't understand people. I really don't. So that was out. Uh, what else do they have? There was um, uh, there was oh, there was some sort of like a, like a crawfish thing. Whatever. I don't care. There was a ham and cheese in like 
a little bread thingy. It's like bread. Sli- it's like a little bun s- sliced in half. It, which later the next day, there's something better than this. It was like the uh, the Ronto wrap, but instead it was in the same type of thing, like a, a bu- like a bun or like not like a Chinese bun, but like a, a biscuit, like a bun bun, like a dinner roll sliced in half. But it's purple. Here, it's just a regular fucking dinner roll. There's nothing purple about it, and it's ham and cheese in that form. I don't I don't like that. I didn't even taste it. I didn't even bother. Most of these things that you'll notice, I just didn't even bother with. There was uh, some mushroom dish. I didn't eat that. Uh, there was another fish. I don't eat fish, so that's it. There's all this. It's like the, everything they chose to put on there is something I didn't eat. Like, I, it's, it's not even like I'm a picky eater. Like, yeah, okay, you might be saying, well, you don't like. This is what I don't eat. I'll tell you right now. This is what I don't eat. <clears throat> I don't like fish of any kind. So that's it. That's that. I do not like mayo, all right, ever. And you know what? Mayo's not good for you anyway, so go fuck yourself. Mayo is disgusting to me. So I don't like mayo. I don't like full tomatoes. Like, I like tomato sauce and crushed tomatoes, but like a full tomato, I won't eat like a full tomato. I don't like that. Doesn't taste good to me, all right? Uh, And I don't like fucking mushrooms. And that's it. That's it. That's, That's everything. I eat everything else. A lot of picky eaters don't like these few things, but it just so happens that these few things are in, like, everything. It's like when I went to Food and Wine, they put balsamic vinegar on, like, things like watermelon. What are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? We're going to see that here, too. Uh, something similar. Uh, there was a tip-yip flatbread. With, it was like a tikka masala type thing on, on a flatbread. That was pretty good. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Uh, it was pretty good. It, you know, it's, it's one of these things, though, you can't eat it too much because it's very um, overly flavorful in a way that you're like, okay, let's let's stop that there. There was, like, like basically a children's menu thing, which was, like, nuggets. It was, like, chicken nuggets with uh, mac and cheese. But it was, like, a really mushy mac and cheese, overly mushy but big. Like, uh, it wasn't, like, elbows. They were, like, these, like, big flat noodles. It was the... Chicken nuggets were actually pretty good because it wasn't like a normal chicken nugget. It was more of a, it was almost like you were eating a chicken nugget steak (laughs) in in a nugget form. But like, because when you eat it, it it cuts like a steak or it bites like a steak. I can't really explain it, but it's chicken. It, It wasn't bad. It was pretty good for a kid's menu thing. And then there was like a peanut butter and jelly in a, in another like biscuit, like a, like almost it was it was peanut butter and jelly but it was good it was actually pretty good I, I i don't really like peanut butter and jelly not because of any reason but because it's peanut butter and jelly it's like it's like a kid's meal but it was actually it was done in an interesting way it was um in like a bun with green stuff all around it um sunflower butter and jelly it was called that's what it was sunflower butter and jelly uh, it was good. It, it wasn't anything special, but it was good. Um, there was a chocolate thing that was okay, and then there was um, like a purple dessert that I. It was based. It was cream cheese, uh, and I'm not gonna eat that. And then they had the the thing that they call sweet bread. It's not sweet bread, and it's not sweet bread either. It's not sweet bread. It's not sweet bread. It was it was like ube. Um, 
It was like an ube cookie. For some reason, WDWNT believed it was a chocolate cookie. It's not. It's ube. It's an ube cookie. With, with a, they, they, they sell these in, in the, or it comes with something in the parks, too. Um, it's not bad, but it, I don't need it. It, it, it. I don't know. It's not necessary. So that's that. And then, of course, they had blue milk and green. Oh, yeah. So on tap, there was your regular, like, Coke products. And then you had your blue milk and your green milk. It was better blue milk and green milk than you get in the park. Because when you get in the park, it's just like, I don't know, like a frozen version of this. This was like a, a, a drink. It was better. I still don't like it. But it was definitely better by far than what you get in the park. This is like special here. And I, I definitely enjoyed it more. But, you know, that goes, you know, it is what it is. So then we have uh, breakfast was the next day. And I can actually just give you both breakfast because they were pretty much the same. I'm going to tell you right now, the only edible thing at breakfast was this plate that was like a waffle, but it was like shaped like the Death Star or something. No, it was like shaped like Shangri-La, like whatever, like the Halcyon logo. And there was the Rontos that were just sausage links. There were Ronto sausage links, and it tasted just like the Ronto wrap without the wrap. And it was delicious. Like, I fucking love the Ronto wrap meat. It's different than a hot dog. Anyone who tells you it's similar to a hot dog uh, is correct. It is similar to a hot dog. But anybody who tells you that it just tastes like a normal hot dog is, is out of their fucking mind because it's not. And so when we're talking hot dogs, a good hot dog is all beef. If it's not all beef, it's not a good hot dog. If you're throwing, like, if you get, like, a ballpark dog, it sucks. If your dog is white, it really sucks. This is not, this is like a pork dog, but it's done in like a sausage fashion. So even though it kind of tastes like a hot dog, it also kind of tastes like a sausage. So if you haven't had a Ronto wrap, that's what it is. And it's completely different than the flavor of either of those things I mentioned. It's its own thing. And it has a snap to it that makes it texturally delicious. Amazing. I love it. I could have had all just the wraps. Unfortunately, it also came with this like egg thing and it is it's like the texture of eggs that you would get at a buffet it's not real eggs real eggs have this organic feel to it this is like those eggs that like feel like like that really thick bologna you get sometimes that like it's like when you bite into it it feels i'm gonna i'm gonna make a sound that you might not like but this is unfortunately the feeling of this egg if you don't like weird sounds take your heads away from the thing right now real quick okay so here's the sound that sound is what it feels like to eat this egg <laughs> it's disgusting it's fucking gross and it doesn't taste great either there's no seasoning on it whatsoever the breakfast both days is pretty much identical and pretty much inedible uh the first like there's like a fruit thing there where the fruit plate would be good but they put this like gross jelly on there that was like savory but also sweet at the same time it was really bad and that ruined the flavors of the fruits that came with it the fruits on their own were actually pretty good um but these things just ruined it and then there are these things that look like raisins and they're also like bitter they're not raisins i don't know what the fuck is going on with that shit so that was out um what else did they have? There was like an avocado thing, I think. I don't, I don't really, I'm not a huge fan. I'll eat, I like guac, 
But I don't just, you know, just, it was like, a, it, whatever. It wasn't great. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'm looking at the pictures that I took here, and I there was another egg dish here that was really disgusting. Um, it's a crispy tuber waffle, which is this cheddar egg bite. Then it has this really delicious bacon on top. The bacon was so good on top of it. It's an apple fruit bacon uh, with with this herb egg butter sauce on top of this big, they call it a crispy tuber waffle. It's, it's like a, a potato pancake. I, I say that, but I don't mean it in the way like a latka at all. It's not a latka. It really is more like a potato, like a thick potato pancake, like a real pancake made of potatoes, not a latka, which is delicious by on its own. That wasn't here. But if you take the egg away, this is a really good dish. Um, but that was it. Everything else here was just fucking terrible. Um, I'm looking. Oh, and by the way, I didn't find out until the last day as I was leaving that they actually had pog juice and orange juice and apple juice. They, it just like was there. I didn't notice it until I was leaving because it's hidden in a weird spot, not near where you get your food. So that was that. And, and that's it. Oh, there was also this fucking, yeah, this breakfast meat pie, which it was so strong for something that when you first get up in the morning, it was so inedible. I couldn't eat that in the morning. Sorry, it was just not happening. And that's it. There was nothing else to eat. Oh, oh, except, sorry. On the last day, there was also like a scotch egg. It, if you like it, go ahead. Uh, I'm not into that. So that was that. Really bad breakfast for both days, except for the things I mentioned. And finally, let's talk about the last lunch. Uh, the last fucking lunch was, I couldn't, okay, so I didn't eat at Docking Bay because I was like, oh, they have lunch on the ship. I want to go have an experience that I couldn't normally have. So I went and had lunch on the ship, and holy fuck was it bad. It smelled of fish and like the stinkiest cheeses you could think of, and that's all you smell when you walk in. I was regretting not going to Docking Bay 7 immediately. I mean, I didn't, another reason I didn't go and I didn't even get the alcoholic drink. They, they give you a free alcoholic drink and I didn't get it because the line was so long. And by the time I realized it, the, like to mobile order, I would have had to wait too long. I was already ready to go back. I was ready to go back right away, honestly. But so I, I, I walked out immediately because of the smell was making me want to throw up. I'm also on medication that like certain foods make me sick just by smelling it and everything. It just sucks. And that's part of the reason why a lot of the times I'm sitting here feeling nauseous about this stuff. Um, so they had this like chili spice cucumber thing that was okay, but it was a little too vinegary. So again, I, I it, was, it was too much for me. I, I liked the chili, but there was this vinegar on it and it was just too vinegary. Um, so there was like a tomato thing, but eh wasn't good. There was a um, a curry. It was like a granola bar that like had a curry and it was awful. Awful. I mean, the granola bar itself was fine, but like it was a granola bar. The curry was so bad. Like they do not know how to do curry here. Remember I told you that bun that had the curry in it was just not good either for dinner. Uh, they had kadu rib bites, which was just just basically like spare ribs, but the flavor was just off. I love spare ribs so much, and the flavor was so fucking off. It was so weird. 
It was strange. Not good. So that was it. Was it was it was okay? It was, I'm saying not good, but it was okay. It was okay. It was edible, and luckily it was edible because nothing else really here was here. Um, fish, 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 fish. There's a whole bunch of fish items. Um, this is where I told you they had the the blue or really purple bun that's like sliced open, and then inside there's like a little bit of like um, cold tomato jam and. Like a mustard, not it looks like cheese, but it's mustard, and it was mustard in this jam, and it was fine. It was it wasn't bad. The and it was you know it was your normal ronto just in there, so it was like a hot dog with mustard. It tastes like a hot dog with mustard, and it was good. I liked it a lot. I thought it was well, not a lot. I liked it. Let's let's not stretch it out. It says it's focaccia. It's not focaccia. It's just a fucking dinner roll that's purple. So I don't know why they're talking about fucking focaccia, but it's fine. Um, the sa- I had two of them actually because there was nothing else I could eat because again there was that like there was another stinky like really sharp cheese smelling flatbread where the flatbread itself looked really good but the stuff inside it had this like really smelly vinegar sauce and ch- just sharp cheese and pickled onions and just just so after coming back in from the heat. It was making me want to vomit so badly. It smelled so bad, so I couldn't eat it. The only thing that was okay was the fucking Ronto hot dog thing. I went back and got a second one because it was the only thing I could eat, and it was like the bun was overcooked. It was it was like stale, not even overcooked. It was stale, and then they tried to cook it to make it like taste like it wasn't stale, but it was obviously stale. So it sucked because the first one I had was actually good and the second one was like, I just basically took the Ronto out and just ate that with the with the mustard and the, the tomato. So, And that was that. That was your fucking goddamn lunch. So wonderful. Oh, it was terrible. And then there was this cake that was all right, but like the cream on top of it was disgusting. And there was a, a mascarpone on top of it that was also disgusting. There was a fucking chocolate chip cookie that had the same taste to it that, like, the savory food had. It's weird. Everything had this one flavor that I can't put my fucking finger on, but it was this one flavor that's kind of embedded in everything. And it was in the cookies, too, and it was disgusting. The lunch was really bad for both times. It was something I could luckily find to eat, and the breakfast really was bad also. So that really fucking sucked. But luckily, dinner was good. But yeah, no, thank you, is what I have to say. Anyway, so the big finale happens. Basically, this whole the whole story basically is that first order comes. They think the rebellion's here, or uh, the whatever. You know, I'm gonna keep saying rebellion because that's what I I you know original trilogy. You know, uh, they think the rebellion's here. Everyone's out of control. Um, they put everything, they, they, there's a droid, uh, there's also, I forgot to tell you about it, there's a droid named SK, who's very much like R2-D2, he makes very sad noises when he, when, he, when people are fucking him over, makes people cry, makes people upset. Um, Yoda shows up, he shows up at one of the fucking events that I didn't go to, and then he shows up again later on in the end. Uh, Ray shows up because what happens is we steal the coaxium, um, I had to steal, I, I was with Sammy's group, so we had to steal a TIE fighter, that had an echelon in it. The echelon 
uh, was a, a package that is what held Yoda in it. Now, I didn't get to see that part. So it was like, I got it. And then the group that got that, got that interaction got to see Yoda that was in the echelon. Um, so that was fucking cool that, like, it's all kind of interactive, whatever. Um, Ray also shows up during one of the bridge meetings. Not the one I was in, but one of them. But I got C-3PO and R2-D2, who doesn't come on ship, but we get a video. Excuse me, and Hondo. Hondo should have been on the ship, by the way. Hondo definitely should have been on the ship. Um, and then fucking... So Ray actually comes on ship. She's here. A, a bunch of people get to see her if you're at the right place at the right time. This all culminates at about 7.15. There's an acoustic concert that Gaia puts on. And during that whole scene, there's all this shit going on downstairs with Ray and Sammy and Chewbacca and this and, that, and all these... Everything is happening. Croy and all this shit's going on. But I actually chose to watch the show, which I don't know if I regret because I told you, I decided to take the musician path. I spent most of my time with Gaia and Sandro and Wani, you know, in that latter part besides all the rebellion stuff I was doing. Um, So I kind of like that. I got to watch the entire concert, although I did miss all the fun stuff downstairs, which I didn't know was happening. Um because I was scheduled to go to the concert, but again, stop going to things that you're scheduled to because that's not what you should be doing. And that's what sucks about it is because you, you, they put an orange or yellow thing on it saying, you have to do this. So I did it. And I, I guess that you just shouldn't follow that. And they didn't tell you that ahead of time. They didn't say, you don't have to do it. They said, you have to do it. This is your, you know, your mandatory thing, but it's not really. You don't have to fucking go. And that's what like, kind of fucked me up. Anyway, so all this shit's going on downstairs, and they're, they're hiding Ray uh, during And I noticed that. I started seeing they're doing the kind of the same thing we did with Chewbacca, except she's much shorter, so it was easier. And I was like, uh, Ray must be there, because uh, I had heard the story. So, I, But I was like, at this point, I'm, I'm already where I am. Um, and then we went to eat. I don't know what happens in between there, because I was eating. The alarm comes on. We come outside, and then we get this big fight between Ray and Kylo Ren, and it's this great. It's actually a really cool fucking fight. There's a lot of, like, acrobatics going on, and and this is one cool part where he fucking uses the, for, the force to pull her really quick across. So that's fucking cool, because she's just flying across. Um... A lot of cool shit happens. He, like, Kylo Ren destroys the ship, which stays that way for the rest of the fucking time you're there, which is awesome. Like, everything is kind of kept the same. Um, and then he fucks over Croy, and it was funny, because Croy looks at me like, what the fuck? And I looked at him, and I said, you see? This is what happens. I, I didn't say it fucking. I was like, see, this is what happens. I told you. And then he was like, ah! And he's, like, starned off, because Ky- Kylo just fucking took over and t- doesn't give a shit about anyone. Then Kylo wants everyone dead and tells Croy to literally murder every person on the ship. And he's like, but there's people here who are for the First Order. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. Kill them all. Kill them all. And then fucking storms off. So Croy's like, okay. Luckily, Sammy is dressed up like a stormtrooper and he fucking pulls off his helmet and he's like, you know, takes everybody over and then fucking, yeah, it's all, it's, it writes itself from there. Um, there are multiple moments where I was tearing up, and I have no problem saying that. I got so emotionally involved in these characters. So when Sammy goes from this bumbling guy who everyone's been making fun of to this guy who everyone's praising and giving all this, this credibility to, 
It, like, I to- it totally hit me. And I don't care. To, it, it really hit me. I was, like, tearing up so bad. Then, fucking the second I saw Yoda, gone again. I was gone. Then there's this whole fireworks ceremony that kind of culminates everything after uh, evil has been thwarted and all that. And again, I started, like, tearing up because I was like, oh, my God, it's over. Um, and also because it's just this celebration, this, these fake fireworks that even, you can see they're fake, but... Something about the whole culminate. It's so emotional. And you got to remember, you're part of this fucking story the whole time. So that's that. Um, of course, there's a lot of other stuff that happened. Um, I forgot to tell you, there's also a climate room or whatever. And basically, it's just you're, you're walking out to Batu without actually knowing. Like, it's just this little room that just takes you out to Florida, basically. And it's like, oh, it's simulating the weather of the planet we're going to go to. But actually, like, there are stuff that happens there, too with the stormtroopers and stuff that happens there with the Jedi. Um, I watched a video of someone like, like one of the Saja, the, the main guy who I called Saja, cause I didn't realize there are more of them. Um, he's like spends time and uh, this person who was like on a Jedi path and, and actually like, a, like one of the rocks moves. It's crazy. And then he like really is getting into very, for anybody out there who has like self-esteem problems or, or like, I don't know, like, feels like they're not liked or feels like, gets really, like, like takes what other people say to heart all the time. Uh, and I understand all of that, believe me. Um, he gives this really inspirational speech about, like, how meaningful you are. And even though he's talking about, like, the Jedi, he's clearly also talking about other things. And it could really get to you. And I only watch the videos at this point because I know I can't go back because it's sold out and all that. And I'm going to watch them all until I see all the interactions that people have had because I want to know. I need to know. Because I'm not ever going to get to experience it now, the stuff that I missed. And I don't want, I want to see all of it. So it's always a new experience just watching these videos. So the question begs, does it feel Star Wars? Right? Yes, it absolutely feels Star Wars. I love the fact that these that you're mostly dealing with characters who are not from the Star Wars universe. There are some, and they're placed in in a nice way. They're not there taking over. Because let me tell you, I've heard people go, well, I'm not going to go because it's got all well, these characters from the sequel series. There are characters from the sequel series. Ray is there. And that's it besides fucking Kylo Ren. Nobody really ever has a problem with Kylo Ren. They only have a problem with Rey, really, right? So, but if you have a problem with Kylo Ren and Rey, they're here. But so what? They're just there. They they do their thing. They're not offensive in any way. Kylo Ren is Kylo Ren. He's got a mask on, so it's not weird. It is a little weird that Rey is there because she doesn't look like Rey. And so it feels like a costume character. The cool things about this being all original characters for the most part is that the original fucking characters don't look like anyone else and you're not immediately taken out because that's what would happen if you had original fucking guy. People are like, well, it should take place during the original fucking trilogy things and we should have Luke, Leia, and Han. Really? Let me tell you what would happen if you had Luke, Leia, and Han. You'd be fanboying or fangirling for a second and then two seconds later you'd go like, wow, this is interesting that that Han Solo character is here. But you know how you feel when Sammy and Lanka and Croy are walking around, you think, oh, fuck. Croy is, is going to fuck shit up here, and I really need to stop it. Or, or, or Sammy, you need to help us now. Like, 
everything feels real because these aren't characters that you're expecting. These aren't characters that you know anything about. And when you see them, you're not automatically thinking, this isn't the character that I want. And that's exactly, I don't care what you even think you're going to say. That's exactly what you're going to think is that this isn't the fucking characters you're looking for. That's exact because when you have C-3PO and R2-D2, yeah, you can get away with that because you don't see their face. When you have Kylo Ren, you can get away with that because you don't see his face. But when you have, like, Rey, it's, it becomes strange. And if you have Han, Luke, and Leia, it becomes strange. If you have Darth Vader, yeah, you, you get again, it would work. But, so, what, you want another thing with Darth Vader? Come on. I don't know, like, people really shit on the sequel series, and I'm fucking sorry, but I'm gonna fucking be the one to tell you that the sequel series is not as bad as you say it is. All right, so the people who are like, and they made it woke Star Wars. No, they didn't. Shut up. Just because there's a woman doesn't mean anything. Yeah, they had some cringy lines, but they had cringy lines in all of the movies. All of them. Including the original trilogy. There's some weird cringy lines. The prequels are, are really where the cringy lines come from. I mean, fucking everything in fucking Attack of the Clones is cringy. At least the stuff with uh, Anakin. Sequel stuff has the least of the cringy lines, honestly. That's not true. It has about the same. People just get so fucking down on it just because it's, it, oh, Disney did it. When Last Jedi came out, everyone said, no, Last Jedi was terrible. And I'm like, Last Jedi felt the most Star Wars out of anything I've seen since fucking Jedi. And even then, this was pretty equal to that. Finally, people came around and they were like, oh, Last Jedi is actually, is actually good. Because it is. And then people with Rise of the Skywalker have so many issues with it. Like, you, you calm the fuck down. The movie's not bad. Like, seriously, shut the fuck up. I'm sick and tired of people just hearing shit on the internet and then pretending that they feel that way too because they heard someone else say it. Like, stop your shit. The movie's not that fucking bad. All Star Wars things are awesome in their own respect. So stop it. Just stop it. Fuck. Anyway, but this was, you know, if you had the original trilogy, it would just completely take you out. This was how it feels. It feels Star Wars. You feel like you're in Star Wars. So now we get down to what should they have done, right? Because you have to get to that. So the, the things I complained about are so small because everything is great, but there are small issues. And a lot of those issues are because, for instance, I, th I don't even remember... And a lot of those issues come from, like, the fact that sometimes you'll wander around and you won't see a goddamn thing. It's so small. I know I talked about this earlier, but you the rooms that you go to, you got the engineer room, you got the brig, you got the um, cargo hold, you got the lightsaber training room, you got the climate simulator, you got the atrium, you got the sublight lounge, and that's it, right? Because then you have the, oh, and then the bridge, of course. But the bridge, usually, you, you it's, it's locked. Usually, the bridge is, like, for, like, big events. I think that they have some that aren't, but still. And I guess you have the dining room, but nobody's ever in the dining room unless there's something going on there because it's closed because they're getting ready for food, um, except for the Sabacc tournaments, and they're basically, it was just... Really, if you ever, like, I've walked around the ship a bunch of times during peak hours here, and I found literally nothing in all the rooms I just mentioned. Like, nothing going on. The atrium, there'd be like a couple, like or, or there'd be stormtroopers, and that's it, just kind of hanging out, doing their thing. 
stormtroopers are you can't really interact with them the way you want to although it is fun sometimes but like you you're gonna hear affirmative as an answer a lot or you know just the same it's the same responses you get and then they have some pre-programmed stuff for each room or for certain things like there there are some great reactions like there's some stuff they, they put in that's like specific to the situation at hand like they they gave a couple lines for each room and there are like lines for specific things like for instance when you're hacking into the with your data pad you're hacking into the uh, the system there's i told you there's like a, a um a computer that like you can go up to and you can interface with it and you can enter restricted areas. I said that earlier. And sometimes they notice it and they come over to you and they're like, what are you doing? Which is their normal thing. And then they go, yeah, but what's that? And they point at the restricted. They're like, it says it's a restricted area. And, and you're like, oh, no, I'm just, you know, I'm checking my mail. <laughs> and they're like, you can't do that here. You're not even supposed to be using this, you know. And they'll shut you down or whatever. And you're going to just go right back and, and do whatever. Or you can, like, kind of throw them off the trail because the stormtroopers are all pretty fucking dumb. And you could always, <laughs> you always trick them. And then they go, I'm watching you. That's the one you get here the most is, I'm watching you. So, but besides that, like, there are a lot of times when there's no interactions that I can find at all. In all the rooms, I I, I was walking around the ship. It would definitely benefit to have that extra layer and some more interactions with maybe some more characters, um, you know, or or just more storylines that are kind of embedded throughout. There there is a lot going on, and I know they don't want to get overly complicated, but I feel like there is absolutely a way to, to... embed more stories that some that don't even have to like have a lot like like sandro or chewbacca where they're part of the story but they don't have their own specific path you know even the 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 jedi path doesn't really have an ending that i'm aware of uh it's just kind of you can take a jedi path and then just kind of be a jedi (laughs) you know so to add some extra elements of fun for people who first of all may be a little introverted and may not want to put themselves out there because they're nervous or they do want to, but they can't. And let's just say they're just not being noticed. So another thing they can do is add more responses and discussions into the comms. So when you go into your communicators, you can get more messages from more people around the ship or even the same people, but you could have different responses that could lead to different paths. Like you could not just be um, part of the rebellion or the resistance or part of the first order, but you can be like a rebel spy or an imperial spy, or you could be a Sith or even just a trooper. You know what I mean? Like that you could go on this trooper thing where people are trying to recruit you to be a stormtrooper. because right now all you have is you're in the first order and there's nothing specific about it, but to be able to go, you could be either a trooper or maybe even a Sith. It could be like whole other paths open up based on other responses you might give. And they aggregate it with what you say to people and what they, you know, or how the, uh, the actors perceive of you and, and and what, you know, happens in your interactions with them. Because when I left, all of... So you, you can go to your profile and you see everybody's information in your data pad, every single person. And it's got the list of, of everyone you communicated with. And then it says how well you know them. So it'll say um, high, low, or medium. And then it'll say how well they trust you. I was high and high with everyone, with the exception of Croy, who I was medium, he knows me medium, and he trusts me low. 
<laughs> because every time you would write to me, I'd be like, fuck you, basically. Um, so, you know, but it would be more interesting than just having two responses or even like there were some times where you could give three responses, but like the first response just would give you the other two. Kind of like sometimes in like the newer adventure games, the point and clicks, like for the new Monkey Islands. Or I guess all Monkey Islands were like this, where you kind of just could pick whatever you want, and you'll just get the next set of responses. But there are other um, adventure games where you have a set of, like, five responses, and you pick one, and that's the response you have to live with. You can't pick others. You can't go back and say other things. You have to live with the one response that you pick. And that kind of changes the attitude throughout it. And that's what this should be rather than just saying, oh, well, here's a list of questions you could ask them. It should be like, here's five things you can say. You could also have ones that you could ask them questions, but everybody's going to be doing the same thing. I mean, you're going to hit the question. They're going to answer you and they'll hit the question. They should just answer it anyway without you having to ask, right? Or, you know, you could even make it work with AI, you know, where you could ask questions and it'll respond to you and you could actually mail back and forth between them. And if you ask the right questions, then you get, you know, into a path. And then if you don't want to do that, you could use suggestions or there could be also ultimate questions that you have to ask in addition to the AI. I think that would be really interesting because you, if you even saw what they were doing with video games right now, they have an AI that they're... Uh, putting into NPCs where they could have full conversations with you. I've seen a bunch of demos on it. It really works well, like full on conversations where you can just talk about whatever too. You could ask them about anything and they'll talk to you about it. Of course, sometimes they won't know anything about it because they're not programmed to know that. But like you, you, you for instance, say, um, why are you wearing that hat? And they'll talk about the hat or you can say, where'd you get the hat from? And they'll talk about that. You know, the only times that they're not going to answer you is if they don't know what something is. But if you're talking about something that exists in their world, it's going to register and they'll actually answer you. And that could really work in this particular situation. Of course, they can put filters on it so there's no, you know, you can't do language and what have you, obviously, stuff like that. But I think that would work out really fucking well. So another thing would have been for the Batu mission. Now, the Batu mission, as I was talking about, is shit. It's the worst part of the whole entire thing because, again, we've been to Batu. We know it's, gonna, it's the same fucking things over and over again. It's really not fun. You're playing these fetch quest missions that are really stupid. But how about if instead of that, you go on Batu and you do these Star Cruiser specific things? So there could be, like, for instance, a mission from we were talking about Sandro. Like, there could be he could give you a mission because he's not on the comms right now. He can give you a mission to go pick something up for him that he wants to give to Gaia or Wani, you know, or somebody. Maybe even it could be something for Wani that's like, uh, like flowers or something uh, meaningful because they end up in this whole like relationship later on. And it would be interesting if that all the catalyst for that was at the beginning of your trip when you he asks a few people, not everybody, but a few people to go out and, and pick up these like flowers or something and you actually get to go and get the physical flowers or whatever they are and they don't have to be flowers that are alive they could just have smells attached to you, you easily do that and they could be fake flowers that have smells attached to it and they can feel real and you have to take care of these flowers and bring them back to sandro and if you do that then you get go further on his mission and there could be like a musician mission or whatever or a love mission 
You know what I mean? Like you could, there could be that where you're all about love, and that could work with the Jedi missions too. Uh, even though they're not about emotions, love is is a very interesting thing. I don't. I feel like it could work in that same respect because about the mindfulness and about the um, compassion. Because while you're not supposed to have emotion, Jedi's have emotion, and it's compa- compassion and love are very similar. So that could be a mission. There could be a mission from like Lenka where you have to meet up with Vi because Vi is actually a walk around character. Um, so it'll be interesting to have Vi. You have to like follow her. Like you, she'll see because you, you know, you, as I said, you get these big pins that you're wearing um, that say Halcyon. And so she'll see that you're wearing the pin. You go up to her and you could either have, um, it could be one person at a time or a few people, depending on how many people find her with the pin. And so she takes you to like an offstage area, which is only for people. Uh, and I think a lot of these places should have these offstage areas that are only for people with star cruiser credits on them. Um, and they take you to the back and you maybe even in an area behind rise of the resistance. And you can actually watch some of the story play out with some of the characters. So you can see like a lot of the times they'll have these, like um, these little, you know, plays or whatever on in a, in Galaxy's Edge, normally. But this would be just for you, and it would be part of the Rise of the Resistance ride. And it could, because when you go into Rise of the Resistance, you don't have the lines you have when you go into uh, Smuggler's Run, how you have those extra lines from Hondo saying, oh, there's somebody on the, you know, oh, I see that you're from the Halcyon, or whatever it is that he says. So that would be really interesting to have it, uh, it fit with that. And then you could go right on Rise from there, since you have the Lightning Lane anyway. It could be a back entrance where you go right on um, and you're sent there by Vi and, and, and the, the Rebellion. So that would really work, I think. Uh, there could be maybe um, a diplomacy mission where you get to actually meet Oga at the cantina. You, you, you get, you're already, you know, you can, because I think that, because when I went there, I didn't have a reservation for Oga. They just said, hey, you want to just walk in? And that was it. And they said, do you want a seat or no seat? I said, we wanted a seat. I said, seat, they said, sure, it'll be like 10 minutes. And then it was one minute. Because I think that people who have that Halcyon pin get that preferential treatment. Because there's only fucking, you know, a couple hundred of them. And not everybody's going to go to Ogie's. So throughout the day, it makes sense. And you, you can get that seat or that whatever. So it was really cool. So it should be the same thing, except as you're sitting there, and you don't have to have a drink. You're not required to. Um, you sit down. Um, maybe they give you water or some shit like that, or unless you order a drink. And as you're in the middle of drinking your water or your drink or whatever, they tap you on the shoulder and they bring you to the back room and you have to do have some sort of diplomacy mission where you're negotiating with Olga for maybe Rafe in the Sublight Lounge. Or maybe even the cast, just the cast members in the Sublight Lounge shout it again to Crystal. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that would be really fucking fun. And, you know, they call people over one at a time. So this way, even if there's like five people in there at the same time, you, you're, it's not like a long thing. You go in there, you negotiate maybe five minutes, and then the next person goes in. That would be a lot of fun, you know what I mean? How about like a, a mission from like the captain or Sammy, uh, you know, a rebellion mission or whatever, in which, uh, where you have to like find like a physical map. Like, and it's in, again, another offstage area, that you can only open up with their magic band, but you have to find it based on clues. So it's not just them saying, go to this spot on the fucking map. They give you clues, and you have to figure out where it is. So not everyone's going to get it. But if you do, 
And you, again, bring it back to either Sammy or the captain, depending on, uh, probably the captain, because Sammy's in the middle of a lot of shit. <laughs> so he's running around more. Um, so you give that map back to the captain, and that changes your path. So you're on this, like, resistance path. You're on this, like, A-team resistance path. So now you have a completely different experience than the B-team, because now you're, you're more integral, because you ended up finishing that mission. And maybe there's only 20 people who can be involved in that. So when the 20th map is found, and this obviously they'll always be in the same place. And once one is taken, a cast member replaces it, and then what have you, etc. So once 20 of them are picked up, everybody gets a message on their comms unit that says, thank you so much for picking it up, or, or whatever, or somebody else found it, or whatever it is. So it'll be a nice little message basically saying this mission's over because the maps have been found already. And that would be a lot of fun because then, um, and not all 20 of them are going to even return it to us. Some of them will, will just forget or not care or whatever. Um, and they're shitty, like paper, you know, whatever. So, okay, it, it could be a souvenir or what have you if you don't return it, but then you don't get this really cool moment. You know, and these, what do they cost? Like, it'll be like, what, 10 cents to reproduce it each time? So, pretty cool souvenir. And even, maybe even you give the map and then she, like, Scan, does like a hollow scan and then you get that map anyway so you still get to keep it that could be fucking cool and then you're on this other path and that adds another path and it adds a lot more of these fun elements and more levels to the fun so that other people can experience like the b team or whatever the b tier because now the a tier is doing something else and so they're not always taking over because the biggest issue is that there's always these people who are taking over right and they're in my case they were all cast members in your case, it might be somebody who's just really eager or someone who's, like, super, like, into it who doesn't get that other people want to be involved. And I know it's up to the character to do that, but sometimes, I mean, this is with a cast member's case, you know, usually they're kind of favoring that particular cast member, and it sucks. But, you know, maybe this would stop that by putting them in a different tier, giving them something else to do, so that somebody else can get the attention of that character while the other people are, are, while being more important to the mission at hand, they're not with the character taking away their time. And so they feel important, but the other people are now getting to do a little bit more. And that, to me, is what makes this a really cool idea. So anyway, so those are a few ideas that I have that could have made it a little bit more intricate. You know, so that would have been fun. But honestly, this was really fucking perfect the way it was. And all everything that I'm saying is just what I come up with in my head to make it even better because everything can be made even better. And this was just like step one of something that could have been huge. Now that it's fucking closing, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if it's going to turn into a hotel. I'm sure it will. And it's going to just be the Star Wars hotel that some, for some reason in fucking the middle of the fucking Hollywood Studios cast parking lot. But, you know, whatever it is is what it'll be. And, and that's that. And, I, you know, I'm, it really sucks that this has to go. It, this is really the perfect Star Wars experience and a really fucking cool thing. And if someone comes along and does this too, if Universal does this with one of their fucking franchises... Or even another, or Warner Brothers somehow comes and makes, somehow makes Six Flags be this immersive thing, which I can never see happening. But let's say it did. Holy shit. 
would Disney be fucking kicking themselves for losing this? Because what they are getting rid of is a masterpiece. This whole thing is a fucking masterpiece. And I'll keep doing it because it is just, I loved it so much. It was one of the best experiences in my life that I've ever had. Uh, I, I mean, it's Sleep No More is better in terms of uh, setting an ambiance uh, and, and like keeping you involved, I guess. Because here you really have to, you have to be the one to initiate. There, you're, you're non-existent, so you're just watching and they have to be the ones to initiate. So it's kind of in their control, so it makes it a little easier for you. And you just you, they they just have to pick you out of the crowd maybe or 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 something. <laughs> I don't want to spoil sleep no more. Obviously, here if you don't like initiate, they're probably not going to talk to you, and that sucks. Unless you're like a cast member <laughs> or uh, dressed up in a certain way, like with certain like maybe with face paint or something. Then all of a sudden you now stick out to them. Even though I had a costume, it wasn't a costume that people recognized as a Star Wars costume. Even though the Star Wars shit all over the back of it, but whatever. So. I guess that's it. This It was one of the best experiences I've ever had. I cannot say that enough, and I, I don't think it's worth six grand or five grand or whatever. It's worth maybe half that, <laughs> maybe. Um, but it's definitely not worth six grand or five grand. But I would say it's something you really should do if you could. Like, If you could still go, I would say spend your money even though it's not worth it. I'm telling you it's not worth it, but I'm still at the same time telling you to put it on a fucking card and pay it off. Unless you're, like, working an hourly job. Don't do that, because you'll never pay it off. But, like, if you're doing, like, okay, put it on a card. <laughs> There's also these people out there who act like $6,000 is, like, a normal, like, okay price. People who say things like, oh, I don't see how they could have done it any cheaper. They're assholes. They're rich assholes. Okay, because not everybody has that fucking kind of money. And yes, they could have done it cheaper because it's it's not that... Yeah, I could understand maybe at first it had to be this price. It had to be at first. Because they needed to, you know, get like the ultimate fans in and, and get the, you know, make back some of the money from the first part. But now that it's been running for this long, they obviously could run this at a reduced price. They could even run it twice. Meaning this could be... Because you see what happened... It sold the fuck out when the price was reduced. It sold the fuck out when DVC got it for half price. It sold the fuck out when cast members got it for half price. Why? Because it was affordable. It was actually affordable at half price. And what they could have done is double it up. They could have had this be the exact same thing on two sides. Yes, you'd have to hire more cast. Yes, You'd have to hire more crew, but you're getting double the people in. And it works because you're paying for the technology, you know, once. But you're doing it twice. You're doing it at the same time twice. And yes, you could have that done. You could have 200 rooms instead of 100 rooms. It's a possibility. And you didn't even try. Once you reduced the price, all you did was close it, you fucking morons. You just fucking closed an amazing experience. But yeah, people who say $6,000 is like a normal price, go stop it. It's not. Some people had to fucking go in debt for this because it's something that they've always dreamed of since before they ever did a Disney podcast. They've always dreamed 
of living in this immersive experience that they only then somehow found with Sleep No More and then found in a livable way at the Galactic Star Cruiser. And they'll never experience anything else like it, ever. Unless somebody else takes the idea, which they will. But this was a one-of-a-kind thing for now, at least, that I cannot, like, praise more. I loved it. It was amazing. It was fucking way too expensive, but it was amazing. It was so fucking cool. They needed to work on the food. They needed to work on the way that people get treated <laughs> when there are people who know each other. And I get it. I, I would under, I would want to do that too. I you know what I mean, but I wouldn't though because I'm fair. And yes, I would give my friends a special thing once. Or, or, or whatever, but, like, not every time. It's so noticeable when it's every time. But, unfortunately, you know what's going on. I mean, it sucks. They're closing it. I think it's ridiculous. The, the cast members there are absolutely amazing, and they better be being filtered into the parks. And I'm hoping that maybe they can, like, be an example for the parks. Like, they could be an example for other cast members. And not just like, oh, look at that goody two-shoes, which is the attitude they kind of give them, like, you know, now. It's like, you see a, a cast member who's good, and these shitty cast members who I, I see them on Twitter, they just are like, oh, look at that. You know, they, they, they treat people who are, you know, actually making magic like they're, like, lame. You know? It's fucking sick. It really is. The fact that the, the way that this has turned out. And it's all, be, it's all because they're like, well, we have to be inclusive. And while I agree they have to be inclusive, but to them, inclusive ends up being more than just, um, you know, your, your tattoos, which, you know, tattoos, your hair, all that stuff. Who fucking cares, right? We're now living in a different age where your individuality matters. And even when I was a cast member, I spiked my hair and they only once complained because it was really long. Now they wouldn't be able to complain, no matter how long it was, right? But the problem is they're also including people who are just bad like they're shitty cast members they're not good employees they complain about everything they're on social media complaining about everything about their job about you know hating everything and they 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 outwardly say they don't do things and if you blame a cast member for not picking up trash for instance in picture you get yelled at by other cast members by um idiots fucking like who are like fucking white knights and shit Dude, it's the cast. I was a cast member. It was my job to do certain things. Even when, even though I was nowhere close to a showkeeper, it was still my job to keep the place fucking clean because that's what they told us. If you see something, you pick it up. You never let the trash look like the way that it looks in some of these pictures. But now, you say that anything about them, and you're the asshole. No, they're the assholes. The cast members who work on the Halcyon are so amazing. They really need to be examples, and they should start hiring people who are like them. Nobody else. (laughs) Nobody underneath that, because they have the utmost love for this company, and fucking the management needs to see that. They need to, because it's amazing, and it sucks that it's leaving. It sucks that it's leaving. It sucks I'll never be able to do it again, but at least I got to do it, and I'm sorry for anybody who can't. Believe me, I didn't think I could, but I had to. I just had to. Because Star Wars, I love, you know, I love fucking Star Wars. So I fucking had to do it, and, and I don't regret it for one second. 
It was seriously in the top five moments of my life was doing this thing. And that's saying something. So that's how I'll leave it. I, I loved this fucking thing. And I'll talk about it again, I'm sure, at some point. I will, because this was... I, I, I don't want to stop talking about it. I've been talking about it since I got back, and I can't stop. I can't stop listening to things about it. I can't stop discussing it, because it's an experience that I've, I've always wanted. It's the one. It's the one, the experience that I always have wanted. So thanks again. Leave a review. Five stars, please, on iTunes. Uh, offshoot the assholes who have been fucking up this show and whatever. And let's get this show back on track. MouseRants.com, everybody. MouseRants.com. That's right. Got a real .com now. Not Mouse Ranties or whatever the fuck they were before. Mousey Rants. Now it's actually us who got the real thing. I love you all. You guys rule. But also at the same time, later, fuckers! Traveled quite a distance We were strangers in a crate All fighting for what we believe is right We divided for a moment A soliloquy in space But when we join together We will fly One galaxy